howdy do who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and this is episode 254 oh yes one day i shall come back yes i shall come back until then there must be no regrets no tears no anxieties just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that i am not mistaken in mine our lives are different to anybody else's that's the exciting thing nobody in the universe can do what we're doing I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire. Yeah. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy do, Who fans. Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. Indeed. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome back, long-time listeners. It's great to have you back on board as always. Anyone that's just joined us, this is your first time listening. Welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. Before we crack on with the show, remember to drop a sub. Just do a search for us on any app that you listen to podcast on. You can find us on there. So you don't miss a show when they land every Friday. And we're on the socials as well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can uh, give us a like and a follow there. We chat Doctor Who on the socials throughout the week. So 254, we've got a couple of bits of news to get through. Uh, some, some merch that might excite a few of you, depending on if you picked up a certain thing the first time round and missed it. Oh, sorry, if you didn't pick up a certain thing, if you missed it the first time around, this has got some, uh, I've got some good news for you on that. And then we're on to our review of Praxius. Win those blasted birds. <laughs> yeah. Or should I say blasted plastic? Whatever. Plastic birds. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, before we get cracking with that lot. I saw you got a new video land, dude. Very good. I'm loving the uh, the pin badge. Anyone that uh, does, this is crazy, but if you, for some reason, you don't follow Adam over on uh, YouTube, go and check his YouTube video uh, channel out, The Geek's Handbag. Just do a search for that. Loads of good videos there. And a new one dropped, and I heard the fireworks going off across the country. <laughs> a new video has landed. The pin badges, and it's pretty sweet. 
They are. They really are, actually. Because like, I think anyone who knows me knows how much I love a badge. <laughs> I do love a badge. <laughs> um, and they are They are awesome. They really are really cool. So they're just, it's uh, through Hero Collector, they've just done these little pin badges for each Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very, very cool. Very nice metal badges. Did you have a favourite? I'm going to guess, before uh-huh. you say, I'm going to Go guess on. you liked the War Doctor one. That well, that wasn't my favourite. Because he's got the same goat as you. <laughs> uh, that wasn't my favourite, but I did really like the War Doctor one. And I was yes. confused by one of them as well. But my fave uh, has to be the McCoy one because of his cheeky yes. little face. He looks very good. Yeah. One that I was very surprised at, uh, and it escapes me now, but one of them had a really kind of solemn, unhappy it's look ten. on his face. Was it it's ten? ten. He looks r- angry. Yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. And um, the, the Capaldi one looked uh, strangely happy as well. I, I wonder if they've put the wrong mouth. <laughs> bit like bit like the second Doctor when he's putting Jamie's face back together in the mind robber. They've put the wrong, oh, that's uh. his face, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, I said yeah. that in the video. Like, oh, 10 looks very angry and 12 looks very happy. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. It must be angry. To, I mean, 10 does get angry. Let's, uh, you know, let's let's not forget. It must be like yeah. the Time Lord Victorious one. He's probably just he's probably just walking away from Bowie Moonbase. It's probably that badge. I don't know. But yeah, he does look a bit angry. But yeah, it's good. It's yeah. really nice to get a, a video out. I mean, I've, I, as regular listeners know, um, since I started my new job last year, I haven't had a lot of time to do anything. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, it's been difficult to make videos as regular as I did. But yeah, it's good to be back. I, I don't know when the next one will be. Probably another year. <laughs> no, no, hopefully not. Uh, hopefully I'll get another one soon. But yeah, certainly good to be back. Yeah, very good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, nice t-shirts as well. Here yeah, they really one. are actually. Yeah, yeah I, I love. Well, I like both obviously, but I, I, the Tomb of Sidemen one is is an absolute yeah gem yes. of a t-shirt. Really might happy to, with that. Yeah, I might have to bag mm. that one, dude. Mm. they've got some good ones actually they so they launched that i think it was last year didn't they start doing these teas and um but they've added some new ones and they're really really nice i, I love that tomb one yeah indeedy so good stuff yeah talons of wen Chiang. Mm. thank at you very much yeah, at the bfi thank you very much to uh one of our writers maria who bagged me a ticket very much appreciated because i heard that they all went very quickly yeah, so um, after so nearly missing out on Fenric uh, last year, I mean, basically they sold out. I was there when they went on sale, the Fenric tickets, like on the dot, because I had the day off. So I was like, right, I was poised, ready. They went on sale. I went to add one to the basket, and it come up refreshed and said they'd all gone. And I was like, how can, what? So within, like, literally a minute Fenric sold out in front of my very eyes. Uh, I did actually manage to get one later on. I literally kept refresh, refresh, refresh until one come up and then I managed to get one. Um, it was just so stressful and I was, yeah, fuming um, uh, when I missed out. So I was thinking, you know, oh, I can't let that happen again. Um, and this one, so th- these go on sale to the general public next Tuesday. Uh, it'll be Tuesday the 11th, I think it is. Is Tuesday the 11th? Uh, yes, I believe so. It'll be the whatever yeah. the Tuesday is after this podcast, anyway. So, the, but but BFI members can buy them a week before, and obviously Maria is a member, and um, <clears throat> I'm not a member, but a friend of mine is, and uh, he did offer to get me a Fenric ticket last year, and I said to him, "No, no, you're all right, mate. I like <laughs> to get my own. Don't worry about it." So, 
this time I thought, right, I'm not going to let that happen again. So when he offered to get a Talons ticket, I was like, yes, please do. Please get one. Um, just so I know that I haven't got to worry about it. Um, but he said it literally, same thing. It, he bought it, refreshed the page like you do just to see if any better seats have come up for the ones you've just bought. And um, he said there was like two seats in the main thing left. So presumably, I don't know how this works. Presumably they release some for the members and then uh, do they hold some back for general sale? I don't know how it works. I know a lot of seats get like reserved for BBC people and, you know, some of the, you know, like Louise James is going to be there. So she gets a free seat. No, I mean, they, they hold certain tickets back for people. Frank Skinner is always offered a ticket. Sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. So that takes up a portion of the seat. But I'm thinking, yeah, I, I mean, they are just becoming so popular, these screenings. And it's in the biggest screen that they have, as far as I know, because they've got quite it a is. few screens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they can up the, the sort of venue unless they do two showings or whatever, which is very unlikely. So, um, yeah, man, it's got, I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see what happens on um, on the day that they get released to the general public. Is there actually going to be any any left or what's going to happen? I don't know. But yes. very pleased that we've managed to both bag a ticket to this one because I, I couldn't get Faces ones off, as you know. I just couldn't get that weekend off work, so I'm going to miss that one. But I really, as much as I would love to be at the Faces ones, I would be absolutely distraught not to be at Talons. It's a story that I really like. Fourth Doctor. There's going to be a really interesting panel at this one, talking about the, in brackets, racial tones of the story and all this stuff that gets brought up. Um, so it's, yeah, it's going to be a really good event, I think. Six episodes, though, dude. We're going to be in there for a while. Yeah, get your coffee. Cup of coffee or tea, take that in. Mate, toilet break before we go in, essential. Um, Because, yeah, six episodes. They normally show us a few little sneaky clips from the new extras from the Blu-rays, don't they? So we normally get a sneak peek of some of the new content, followed by, like you know, a panel discussion with Louise Jameson and -and so-and-so. It's going to be a fantastic event. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very excited for this one. Yes, going to be awesome for anyone that's not sure on these or not heard of it before. So the BFI down at South Bank in London do uh, a release of a story from an upcoming box set that the BBC is due to release. So in this case, it's the upcoming collection of it's the the season 14 uh, Blu-ray set, the collection. And uh, yeah, so they've chosen the talons of Wang Chiang to show that. And they're really good events. If you can somehow get a ticket for them, we've said this loads of times, haven't we? If you can somehow get a ticket, it's mm. really worth going to uh, to see one of these. It's nothing like being in a cinema with other Who fans and watching Who, classic Who especially on the big screen. It's awesome. So I can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, lo- I mean, I love the actual events. I love it when we come out afterwards and go for drinks and just talk about what we've just seen. And yeah, it's just it's always such a good day. Uh, it always goes so quick. I, every time I'm on the train home, I get like a massive feel so sad that it's all over because they are, they're probably of all the events and conventions that we do every year. I think the BFI ones are my favorite because it's the best of everything. It's the best meetup of people. It's you get to see Dr. Who in a cinema. <laughs> it's just, it's just the best. Um, I'm not surprised they're so popular. I just, um, the only downside is to that is that it is becoming increasingly hard to actually bag a ticket, even if you're a member, it would seem. Because, yeah. um, you know, uh, I was considering taking out the membership just specially to get this. 
Um, so I didn't have to worry about it. But like I said, my friend um, said it, it sold out in front of his eyes as a member. So I don't know. It's just the stress of that sort of is, is the only downside. But it's great. I mean, they are absolutely fantastic events. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're kind of well known as well for um, for their tickets going on, on sale and selling out very quickly. Mm. A few years ago, they did a special screening of Star Wars, A New Hope. And it was the original cut what so, but george says it doesn't exist well it does exist and uh <laughs> and yeah i i remember seeing that on twitter and thinking oh wow that's that's going to be up my street i'll have a bit of that and literally just the members tickets sold out within a minute and a half yeah you've got no chance if you so if like i said if you can somehow bag a ticket if you know someone that's got a member or even if you're into this sort of thing and you going to be your cup of tea join yourself it's i think it's about 35 pounds a year or something like that 37 pounds a year and uh you get a discount on stuff and early access to tickets it's well worth it so um, yes it's gonna be good it is gonna be good mate yeah very i just can't wait actually every time i get one of these coming up i just i, I mean i hate to wish my life away i think it's a terrible thing to do to wish <laughs> time away but i just every time one gets announced i literally cannot wait for it to roll around I like literally live for it. If you know what I mean? Like I'm at work. I'm just like, ah, oh, another t- only two weeks to go. I'm just like, yeah, it's like countdown in my head. Bless you. L- living just your best it. life at the BFIA. Eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our tickets. That's all good. You've been up to That's anything good. else, bud? Anything else? That's good. Uh, no, I've been watching a bit more of the season 26 set, which is an absolute joy to behold. Now, did you get yours? Because if I'm thinking right, the last time we recorded... It had been released, but yours hadn't shown up. But there was a twist in the tale, wasn't there? There was a twist in yes. So <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't any drama, to be honest with you. But it was annoying at at the same time. So I'd pre-ordered from Zoom.co.uk, as I have done for the last few. All good, and it turns out that this didn't fit through the letterbox apparently. So due to me fitting a new letterbox about a month ago. Um, there was just no, uh, that, that's not the reason it didn't fit through, but, uh, the, I was doing some shopping, came back and I noticed just the tiniest little red triangle poking out the letterbox. So the postman had obviously tried to deliver it. Uh, for some reason we were there, we were there all, all Saturday, I don't know. And, um, so I pulled it out and there it was the deli- you've missed your parcel delivery oh, i hate yeah. that when i get one of those cards yeah but the postman hadn't put it through the letterbox he'd sort of stuffed it in because it was folded in half and then the corner was folded again and it was just stuck in between so it was in the door i hadn't noticed it so i rearranged delivery and it arrived on the wednesday after that so i did get it it's all good it was re-delivered and snap just like you i've been watching <laughs> some of the i haven't watched any of the stories off of it but i have been watching some of the special features um off there which is really good so i've gone through the matthew sweet chatting to sophie eldred that was really good uh the writer's room with all Mm -hmm. those guys that was really good and uh, a little bit on becoming the destroyer you know the um the prosthetics and all that stuff to make up uh the chosen one or whatever it was yeah um so that was really good yeah Yeah. Uh, i've watched the trailer about 15 times because it's just (laughs) so so good it's so good yeah yes and uh next on the list is the behind the sofa stuff um uh and after that um the uh 
John Nathan Turner, little mini documentary on that as well. So I've got Ooh, those two yeah. things to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I've forgotten that you hadn't seen that yet. That is brilliant. That, that documentary It's going to, I think it's going to make you a little angry though. It's going to make you a little sad and it's going to make you a little angry because you're going to be sat there thinking, I cannot believe that man was treated like that because you didn't, no, you didn't see it at the beer fight with me, did I you? I did not, no. No, no. no. So you, I think you're going to really enjoy that, but I think you're also going to, when you get to it, um, the next time we talk, you're going to be like, man, they, I can't believe they treated him like that. You're no, going to be right. a little bit angry, I think. But it's a great, oh, it's such a good documentary that. Um, I'm exactly the same as you. I go straight to the, because I've seen the stories quite a few times, I tend to go straight into the new extras first and then watch the stories after. Um, so, so I watch all the new content. So I've watched all the behind the sofas and um, the Matthew Sweet interview, which was really good. Um, the showman documentary about JNT, which is fantastic. I agree with you about the trailer. It is the quality and like, it looks like it's, they've really spent money on it. Cause even that opening shot of London, I'm thinking, is that specially filmed for this? Or have they, gone to the makers of The Apprentice and said, oh, have you got anything on the cutting room floor we could use? Because <laughs> it's so point. cinema. Yeah. yeah, it's so cinema. Cinematic. What's the word? Cinematic. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but that's a really nice interview with Sophie. And um, there were bits in that that I didn't know. Uh, for example, I didn't know that it took her and J&T a while to click. She was saying that they had a bit of a rocky start to their friendship, although they became good friends, didn't they? But she mm. said early on, um, cause she, she doesn't like smoking and cigarette smoke and stuff. And he would sort of purposely get one out and she'd, she'd be like, Oh, can you not smoke around me? So, you know, there was a bit of tension between those two. I never knew about all that stuff. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting, uh, interview of it. Matthew Sweet's really good as well. I think he's quite relaxed and his sort of style of interview, I think is really good. It really suits those Blu-ray sets, doesn't it? So it does. Yeah. 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 I had a chat with him at the BFI last year. Nice guy, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember which showing he was at, but I think it was one of the Tom Baker ones. But I think it might have been Genesis. Oh, no, no, it the was, Daleks. The, no, it was no? the Peter Davison. Uh, uh, was it Earthshock? Earthshock, was it? Oh, right, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, knows his who yeah. as well. Big fan. Oh, yeah, mm. definitely does. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've I'm looking that, for- sorry, go on. Oh, sorry, mate. I was going to say, say, I'm looking forward to presumably on one of the McCoy sets, whenever they come out, there'll be an interview with him and McCoy, and that will be great, won't it? Yes, Because I, I thought sure. there might be yeah. one on this, but of course, I think they may be saving it for maybe his McCoy's first season, possibly. Um, I don't even know that they've done one. I'm just assuming that they will. I just thought, what a great combination of Matthew Sweet and McCoy. That's going to be brilliant, I think. Yeah, it's interesting that they went with Sophie for the interview with Matthew Sweet on here, because McCoy was around, because he's in the... They filmed a brand new making of, didn't they, for The Curse of Fenwick? And he's in oh, yeah. that with... Uh, That's really good as well, yeah. Yeah, with everybody. Um, but I think maybe because, as I said, I reckon they're probably just saving, they're sort of filming them, spreading spreading out on different discs. I reckon that'll be on McCoy's first season. And because this season's quite a lot about Ace, I reckon that's why they true, they sort of centred it. Because this is very much, like we've said a few times, there seems to be a lot of Ace around at the minute. And I think season 26 because there's a lot of backstory about Ace in it, isn't there? I think they've, and that trailer and everything, is just very much an Ace set, I think. So yes. that's probably why. Yeah, yeah, loving the Ace momentum at the moment. It's, um, Me too. Yes. Uh, we got delivered to uh, Big, Blocks, Big, 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 Big Blue Box Towers, the uh, Sophie's new book, which we're going to put a review out for that next week. Mm. Uh, it, it's just, 
this coupled with her being at the BFI, with her being in conversation on the Blu-ray set, the trailer, and uh, yeah, it's just all good. Uh, and the Dark Universe from Big Finish recently. Oh, that was really good. You listened to that, didn't you? I did. You got it's, that. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you enjoy it? Yeah, very good. The, the, very the good interaction between her and the Doctor is quite feisty at the end, isn't it? It's a really good... Mm-hmm. You can tell it's later on in the Doctor and Ace relationship. I really like how they've built that up. That's what makes it really good. It's not your mm. typical, Professor, you know, let's run off and, and do this. It's very much a, a progression of their relationship because they've been yeah. apart for so long. Yeah, it's a very good story, that one. Yeah, I yeah. thought you'd like that. Yeah. Uh, one of our reviewers, um, I think it was Jordan Shortman. Jordan, I think, yeah. yeah. We got a review on the website. Yeah, go and look for it. Very good story, but yes. I'm looking forward to getting the Ace book. Um, I've pre-ordered mine from Forbidden Planet because Sophie's doing a signing. So yeah. if anybody wants to meet Sophie and get that book signed, she's doing a signing at FP. Oh, might even be this Saturday, you know. Might be the Saturday. So we're recording on a Wednesday this podcast to go out on Friday and then I think the signings on the Saturday. So depending on when you're listening to this, dear listener, if you want to meet Sophie, get yourself up to FP in London because she's, I'm pretty sure it's this Saturday. I can't make it because I'm working, but I've pre-ordered a signed copy from the FP website. Yeah, it's on, yeah, it's this Saturday, the 8th of February and it's between one and two o'clock. Oh, right. Okay. At the London mega store. Yeah. Yeah. She's That'd always fun, nice. Sophie. Though, if you're if you're free, then pop along. She's always a good laugh. Yeah, those yeah. events tend to be pretty good as well. They're normally very relaxed, and I've uh, been to quite a few signings at Forbidden Planet. Um, they're normally good, good little signings. So, yeah, if you can get along to that, definitely worth it. I'd love to be there, but yeah, dreaded work getting in the way as always. Anyway, as always, <laughs> mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's us, dude. Yeah, I think for the week in Doctor that Who, the week it. the week in Doctor Who, <laughs> brought to you by. <laughs> Shall we land it and see what's going on? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, no. I hope 2020 doesn't continue in this fashion, you know. Well, no. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, so we have to kick off the news with some sad news. Nicholas Parsons. Uh, who you will all know from uh, the classic Doctor Who years as Reverend Wainwright from The Curse of Fenric. And uh, yes, he sadly leaves us, uh, passed away at the age of 96. 96, wow. So Nick Parsons, what a, what a character though from broadcasting radio and television over the past. Crikey, what? When did he start in the 60s? Uh I think maybe before that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so he's a really big name in radio. So Radio Four, uh, his uh, he was the host. Uh, there was a panel sort of game show sort of thing called Just a Minute mm. uh, that was on Radio Four for donkey's years. He was uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well known for that. Uh, and then just before my time, uh, he hosted um, Sailor the Century. Oh yeah, on the TV. My mum used to watch that all the time, <laughs> and uh, and loads of other things as well. I can't name them all, but he was he, he was he's just been in broadcasting for for so long. A very well a very well known name, and uh, a lovely guy as well. I think you met Nick, didn't you? You were um, yeah, I met him at Phantom, Phantom in Chiswick yeah. um, a few years back, um, and he was very nice. We we actually we talked a bit about Doctor Who. He was really pleased to have been a part of that. I think because he was. Um, an actor but 
he'd done all these sort of game shows and and just a minute for so long. I think people he wasn't getting many acting roles. So I think when he was asked to be part of Doctor Who, he jumped at it to sort of you know have a chance to show that he, he was an actor as well. And he was he was very, I'm not just saying this. He was really good in Doctor Who. I thought he totally played the part straight and um it's a really good performance from him in Fenric and yeah we chatted a little bit about that but then we got on to talking about just a minute because I actually really like just a minute I, I download them they do best ofs of the years on on Apple on iTunes I mean and uh, so I was thought I'll tell him that I'll let him know that I like that as well because a bit like when you met McCoy you like to let them know that you know their other stuff yeah <laughs> so I was like yeah I've been listening to loads of just a minute and he's like well where where and I was like, oh, I've been downloading them on iTunes. He's like, doubt what? Downloading on on what was it? And and he and uh, it didn't it, I was trying to explain to him what iTunes was and and where I was listening to it, but I didn't do it very well because I could just see total confusion in his face. Because <laughs> I just did, couldn't really explain it. I was like, oh, it's just, you know, you'd be like a radio show that you download and listen to. It's like, right, right. You know, but he was a really nice guy. And um, yeah, I, I still do listen to just a minute because he was still doing it right up until his passing, I believe, because the ones I listened to uh, with, with um, oh, what's his name from Have I Got News For You? Completely forgot his name. Floppy Fringe. <laughs> I'll come back to it. Him, um, you know, it, it, he's just, it's just really good. It's been going all these years and it's such a nice, simple format. That it's such an easy listen. Like when I'm just doing stuff around the house, I'll download the latest sort of best of and just listen to that because obviously the early ones it was with like Kenneth Williams and they've had all sorts of people on it over the years and they're always really, really entertaining and Nick's always been right at the heart of that show. So, um, yeah, so I really like that as well. But, um, just on a, another side note as well, anyone who's got the season 26 set. So I obviously on the Sunday of getting mine, I watched the new Fenric documentary and he is, they go back to the church and he's there for that one little segment. And McCoy says, Oh, we're really pleased that you've come all this way just for this. And he then, he lights up like a Christmas tree. He's like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a pleasure to be here because I loved being in Doctor Who and he goes on to talk about all that stuff I just said about being, you know, taken seriously as an actor and stuff and the warmth that comes from him in just that little documentary. So, yeah, I mean, it just having watched that and then literally the next day or the day after hearing that he passed, it really brought it home a bit. I was like, oh no, poor Nick, you know? So, yeah, yeah watch that documentary. It is so heartwarming his particular segment and even more so now because of his passing but um yeah i think i think we can use the word legend i mean it gets used a lot but i think he was a broadcasting legend um and uh yes yeah, it's, it's very sad to his past but 96 that is a very good age that is a very good age it is yeah and a cracking career as well absolutely fantastic yeah yeah put paul merton was who I was trying oh, to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. on just a minute. Um, and he, you know, he sparred off really well against Nick uh, in a very, a lot of good banter between those two. So sad, very sad news. Indeed, yeah. Right, moving on to ratings news now. Fugitive of the Jadoon, they've added on all the extra little bits and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what it is, but all the bits that they add on. Uh, and the official rating now stands at 5.57 million viewers mm. for Fugitive of the June, which is pretty respectable, really. It was the eighth watched uh, show of the day. Of the most week. watched program of the week, sorry, not the day, the week. Um, so, yeah, that's that's not too bad. Uh, I, th I think since there's so much talk at the minute about Doctor Who's ratings, um, 
but I think that's pretty respectable as, an, as a sort of finished figure. It's still healthy, I suppose you'd say, wouldn't you? It's not yeah, disastrous. Yeah, yeah I mean, it could so. be better. It could obviously be better. I mean, but it's it's not bad. Um, the overnight for Praxius was uh, a pretty low 3.97 million. So a bit of a drop off. Um, that'll probably go up to about just under five, I would have thought. Something like four point something, won't it, by the time they've added on bits um, and bobs. So that's a little bit low. Um, that's a yeah. little bit surprising because I think the reaction to uh, Future of the Dune, there was such a big, because of everything that was in that episode, I would have thought, I know a lot of people were really looking forward to this week's to see if any of that stuff was picked up on. It created quite a buzz. Mm-hmm. So I think um, 3.97 is a bit low. It does, I thought maybe that would have brought in a few, you know, brought a few curious viewers back, maybe. But maybe, does, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look like it. But I don't know. We'll see what the we'll see what the actual finished uh, figure is, I guess. But it's it's not going to be massively high. Is it? It's going to be just um, around about four point something. I should think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're still. It's weird, yeah, because fugitive of the Jadoon, When you look at the confirmed figures. Doctor Who is still beating the the rival channel. So over on ITV in the UK, they have Dancing on Ice, which is generally a popular show. Mm. And it's still beating that. So Doctor Who had 5.5, Dancing on Ice had 5 million. So it's still outperforming the other primary station, I suppose, terrestrial station in the UK. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's not up there with like the bigger shows at the moment. However... It is still beating some other things. So the BAFTAs that were on that same evening, uh, they only had 3 million viewers. Did it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there was a program called Vera, which has been going for a while. It had five point oh, yeah. something uh, overnight. So it's mm. not the worst and it's not the best. But then Doctor Who has never been, you know, the best in terms of, of ratings across all of the channels anyway. So we can't expect it to all of a sudden just, you know, with the start of Series 12 be... Um, you know, jumped up hu- you know, in huge numbers to the best. Doctor mm-hmm. Who has never been the most highest watched show on television. It never has been. So, But then again, it's never been the worst. It's always been in that middle ground somewhere. So it's not doing too badly. No, it's doing all right, isn't it? As I said, I think it's um, it's okay in, in the sort of pattern of things. Like you said, the general viewing figures are down across the board. So it's all right in that. I think the only thing that slightly worries me, because I don't get too worried about the ratings, you know, it's still a popular show. It still brings in lots of money with merchandise and and all that sort of thing. I think the only thing that sort of worries me a bit is that it's, I don't feel like it's, I don't think it's like the jewel in the BBC's crown anymore. And I don't think it will be for a while now. And I think that's just the nature of the way things have gone. It's nothing to do with certain aspects that people would point to, but it's, it's just, you know, at the time it, when it was at its peak, the BBC were absolutely loving it and couldn't get enough of boasting about it. And now it's kind of just that show that, you know, it's no longer the crown jewel in the crown, is it? That's, that's the only thing that bugs me, but I think that's just a natural because it's with anything that's been going this long, it will reach a point where it's no longer as popular as it was. And then, you know, like anything, everything comes around, doesn't it? So we, at some point it'll be back up there again. But um, yeah, nothing's going to stay at the top forever is what I'm trying to say. Is everything has its highs and lows. And at the minute we're kind of just drifting, aren't we? We're kind of just, it's there, it's good. It's it's doing okay in the ratings. It's just not up 
at its peak at the moment, which is um, yeah, where where we would like to see it. But that's just I think that's just the way it is, really. Yeah, it's just the path of the course, I think, with um, yeah, with these things. But we are quite we are quite lucky, I would say, that they are still put they're still putting Doctor Who out because there's plenty of other shows that have had better figures than this mm. and they've been axed for whatever reason. Uh, so it's good that it might not be like you said, the jewel in the crown or, or perceived to be that way in the eyes of the BBC these days. But remember it's been going since what 2005, since it came back. So we've had it for 15 years. Mm, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think we still, <laughs> it's like anything, crazy, really. anything's going to have a ups and downs. isn't Exactly. It? Yeah. yeah. If you think yeah. about some really popular shows that have been going over the years, things like Game of Thrones and I know that, I know that finished for a different reason, you know, the story mm. kind of ran its course, but some of those really big programs that have been out over the past 15 years, they've been and gone and they've had much, you know, much higher ratings and lower ratings than who. So we're mm. lucky that although it's not setting the world on fire at the minute, and I'm sure the 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 Beebs, uh top dogs will be like, oh, this is not great. We want it a bit more. We are still very fortunate that they're still bothering to throw a ton of money at it and and make a good show. So, yeah. And looking at the, I mean, latest series, it really does look like they've thrown some money at it. It's um, effects wise and production wise, it looks fantastic. Having said that, you mentioned to me that you thought some of the shots looked blurry, didn't you? In certain episodes you said that like it seems like they're a bit out of focus or fuzzy the tesla episode for sure yeah now did, have you, did you notice tom spilsbury you know the ex-editor of dot two mate did you notice his tweets this week about it I meant to say to you about this i did not no hmm. so tom spilsbury hope i'm saying his name right he noticed it as well and said what's going on and he put up um a screenshot i think of like bill from series 10 and compared it to the tesla episode um, and was like, look at the difference. Bill is pinned sharp. This is sort of got like a, a haze over it. And um, so there was quite a technical thing on Twitter. You know, people were telling him why this is so. And it's basically, it's all down to the cameras they're using. It's 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 sort of an intentional thing. <laughs> it's a sort of a bit of an arty type thing. So they're using these new cameras, um, which uh, sort of, do that so they bring in sort of the central character focus but everything's hazy and someone was saying maybe they don't know how to use them properly i don't think that's the case but yeah it's all down to the new style of cameras that they're using to make the program now because if you look at the scene and this is the one that i noticed and, and that was when jack appeared you know when he appeared on the yes. spaceship yeah i thought oh he's, he's he was out of focus so i thought oh maybe it's just because they've he's against against the blue screen and they've sort of made him appear i don't know i thought it's something to do with the visual effect but he's clearly out of focus in that shot <laughs> so yes, yeah i don't quite know what's going on but apparently long story short it's all to do with the new cameras they're using yeah um, maybe they just don't know how to use them properly yeah more specifically the lenses lenses the sorry yeah. yes so i think we spoke about this briefly when we reviewed the tesla episode and i said at the time that i couldn't believe that the quality of the crew that they have on Doctor Who and the mm. talent there, I couldn't believe that they would knowingly put out an episode with out of focus shots. And um, so I think it all, I think it's just a kind of artistic uh, direction that they're going with to have this uh, kind of out of focus little areas of the screen and stuff like that. Yeah. To be honest with you, it didn't really, it didn't make me think this is, this looks bad. 
or anything. I just thought, oh, this is interesting that they're going it's down noticeable. this road. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, I th- But to be honest with you, the Tesla one is where I've seen it sort of stand out like a sore thumb the most. Yeah. The little bits where various they've used it have been a lot more subtle in the other episodes. I must admit, I noticed that because I, but I thought maybe they were trying to make it look like sepia, like an old fashioned, like the style of the episode was, but I don't know. It is, I think it is intentional. I, I, when I say they didn't have to use cameras, I'm, I'm being flippant. Um, I don't think it is that, but I think it is intentional, but yeah, it's an artistic style. You know, it's, um, it's down to the way they want to make it. Some directors would want it pin sharp, like Series 10, they've gone for this new style, which is just the way they want it. But it does, um, yeah, it's it's an unusual, well, not unusual, but it's it's a different choice, let's put it that way. It's a, yeah. Well, I think, um, well, most take. of it, most of it is pin sharp. You know, mm. the majority of the episode is like that. I think it's more around certain scenes that are, I think they've tried to add to the atmosphere of the scene a little bit by using that effect. Mm. Most of it, yeah, it doesn't look, you know. Still looks good. Yeah, yeah. But there it is. So yeah, you and Tom Spilsbury on the ball. On the ball. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to be, out. mate. Got to be. <laughs> yeah. Got to be with the old BBC running around. Definitely. With these cinematic talking of, lenses. Talking of on the ball and balls and running, <laughs> up, walking on balls and okay. <laughs> and balls. There we go. <laughs> no, no. I was just thinking of Tarlick Tat. He's covered in balls, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> I wondered where you oh, were we going. Oh, we didn't like that. Look now. at it. Look at him. Look. He really. Oh, come back. Dear. Come back. Oh no! I was joking. I don't know what they're called. Domes. Right. What? What are they called? Oh, he's gone. Let's play. Get, let's play his back. intro music. That might bring him back. Here we go. Yeah. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know. It's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now. Here to help. Get back in here. Now. <laughs> he's a he's a one, isn't he? Old Dalek Tat. He's left something, but he won't come. Where is he? Tat. Just dropped the dropped the tray. Tat. For regular listeners, Dalek Tat is our. Would we call him a pet? He might take offence. I'm worried of offending him now. Yeah, he's our little Dalek friend that brings in the merch every week. Yes, yeah, so. he's got a bit of an attitude, isn't he? Our resident Dalek, yeah, sorts out all the merch news and flings stuff across. <laughs> but he's like one of the most... You've seen these memes knocking around the internet of this cat with like the grumpiest face. Yeah. And it's useful. <laughs> That's basically Dalek Tat. He's just incredibly grumpy 24-7. Yes. Don't know what he's got to be grumpy about. And I wish he hadn't thrown this particular thing because now it's got a big ding in it. Idiot. What a wally. He's not even <laughs> here to hear me anyway. He's gone off. Make some tea. No need for that language either. <laughs> right. He has flung over. And now this is going to excite some people. So for donkeys, yeah. I was going to say years then. No. For donkeys months <laughs> after the release of the Blu-ray collection. Remember when the BBC first kicked this off? I do. And they said that they were going to release Doctor Who in a Blu-ray. They were going to upscale everything to HD and they're going to put out these lovely collector sets with extra features and newly filmed documentaries and all this stuff. The first one they did was Series 12, the Tom Baker series, his first series, obviously. Mm. And everybody went nuts, partly because, remember when we first reported on this last year and we first saw 
Lee Bindings artwork. Mm. Everybody lost their minds because it yeah. just looks so good. Uh, anyway, a load of people thought, yeah, I'll pick this up later. Uh-uh. Bad move. <laughs> bad move. Uh, not knowingly, but a bad move because uh, I think even the BBC underestimated how well this was going to do because it sold out very, very quickly. And then when people started getting deliveries of them and doing unboxing videos and posts and stuff, everybody said, ah, oh, I really wanted that now. So I know that there's been a bunch of people who have picked up the the subsequent sets, all good, but there's that little gap on the shelf that must be driving them insane. Mm. So the BBC have now decided they're going to re-release this season 12 blu-ray set which is amazing news for people because i think for the most part because they must have produced a lot more for the 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 two recent releases the season 26 and was it 12 no not 12 sorry uh 14 no what was the one what was the pertwee one was it uh, season i can't remember the order that these went no nor can i Uh, now 26 and then the pertwee one Maybe yeah. not the Pertwee one. And the Colin one. Yeah. You can definitely pick up 26 and the Colin Baker set still. They're in stock. You can pick those up. And season 19, wasn't it? That's sold out. The, the Davison one. The Davison one. That was it, That's yes. It. Yeah. Um, but you can still hunt them down mm. uh, if you if you want. So if you want to start your collection, if you've been looking at with you know envious eyes at people's uh, shelves or unboxings, whatever, you can still pick these up. It's all good. Uh, so this goes on sale from at the moment it's only on amazon uh that that you can pre-order you can pre-order this right now and it goes on sale on march the 2nd and uh it's priced at 40 quid so which is obviously a lot better than paying 200 300 quid for it on ebay which a lot of people were charging Mm. uh shortly after this went uh, out of stock so i'm have no idea if they're going to do this for the other blu-ray sets that they released if this does well, which I'm guessing it will, because there's been so much interest in this one to get this re-released, because uh, it's been a rumour almost for about six months now. Somebody said that the BBC are going to be re-releasing it, but there was no official word from the BBC that they were doing that, and then that was Chinese whispers, and everybody got excited, but then nothing happened, blah, blah, blah. But it is finally here. So if this yeah. one does well, now this is, we don't know the exact number, but we do know that this is a limited rerun. So I, I don't think it's going to be made to the same numbers that they did on the first run. It's a limited rerun. So if you missed out on this one and you want it, you have to get it this time round. They absolutely, 100%, will not do a re-re-rerun of this set. So if you've missed out on it and you wanted it, you have to get it. So head over to Amazon. They also released this originally with places like Zavi and Zoom.co.uk, but those websites have not said they've got stock as of yet. Mm. They might do, but they haven't. It's just Amazon right now. So great news, buddy, for people that missed out the first time around. Absolutely, mate. I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I managed to get this the first time around because you know me. If, that, if I had a gap on my shelf like this of that set i'd be distraught so if you want it do not hang around get it now it is absolutely worth 40 pounds there is a interview with tom baker on there with matthew sweet which is worth 40 pounds alone it's a brilliant interview with tom being really honest and just chatting it's it's such a good set it's a great season do not miss out on this um they do disappear quick i would imagine they will 
this will be a fairly limited run because the BBC being the BBC will think, oh, most people have already got it. We'll just, you know, put a few more out for those that missed out. So they're probably just, yeah, we don't know the numbers, but they're probably not going to make many. It's just another batch, isn't it, basically? And yeah, don't miss out because I'm looking on Amazon now, right? So season 10 was the perk we set. That has, that has sold out and is currently selling for 132.99 is the lowest price on that. Uh, the Davison set has sold out and is currently selling for cheapest price of 147. Uh, so you can see that uh, the Collins set sold out, but it's selling for 49.99. Um, the only ones that they've got that I can see are the latest McCoy season and obviously the pre-order for season 14. It looks like all the other sets have sold. So do not hang around if you want it get it 40 quid is absolutely worth it the packaging alone uh, you know you yeah. get a nice booklet it all folds out it's, it's a beautiful set yeah do, do not miss out on it and they genuinely were selling for at one point oh uh 500 pounds and you're probably thinking yeah but no one actually paid that i know a friend who's a bit distraught at this news he paid 350 pounds for this set he actually so people yeah. were paying that price because they really just didn't want it missing from their collection and it's such a nice set so yeah yes. don't don't hang around get yeah. it in your basket absolutely mate and due to the timey wiminess of podcasting we're recording this on wednesday mm. so you'll be listening to this if you listen on launch day on friday i'm looking at amazon at the moment there's only two left in stock of the season 26 Really? as well so if you're listening by the time you listen on friday that <laughs> may have gone as well so yeah yeah it's uh it's a tricky one but one one thing i would say is if depending on how you view these box sets if you're the sort of person that's like well i don't own the other ones and i can't afford the other ones so i'm not going to pick this up because there's no chance of me getting the whole set i would still get this you know mm. because based on two reasons if you wanted to get the whole set that is I mean, obviously, if you're a massive fan of season 12, then obviously get it. But if you're concerned about completing the set and you're, you know, the completest OCD-ness of people, then I would still get this because uh, the first thing is that if this does sell out immediately and the BBC are like, oh, hold on, there is an appetite for people to pick these up, there is a there is a possibility, a strong possibility, that they will re-release the other sets. So you'll mm. be able to get them as well. And secondly... Like Adam said, the prices are very high on eBay, but they that will come down, definitely. Those other ones that are like 150 quid or 200 quid through Amazon private sellers or on eBay, they definitely will come down soon. Well, I also, say soon, over the next, I don't know, few years. But you'll be, you'll be able to pick them up for sure. I'm, I'm surprised they've, and it's really nice as well, that they've decided to do the limited set exactly the same as it was because... I thought I, I always thought this would get a re-release. I thought, oh, they they'd be silly to spend all that money on those new extras and and then just not release it, you know. But I I thought it would come out as a standard box. I thought they've done the limited one; they'll just reissue it as a standard set. So the fact that they've actually because they know people will want to fill those gaps and make it match, they know we're stock two fans by now that we want to match these sets up. It's really nice that they're doing it in the limited packaging exactly as it was before so yeah it's, i'm surprised at that but i think that's really nice that they're doing that yes what yeah. was the next one after um season 12 was it the davison one davison then it was season 18 tom tom uh, season 18 no colin yeah uh, no colin was season 23 oh, 23 sorry 
Yeah. yeah so, you know, the one with the burgundy scarf. Uh, that's that's right. season 18, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that they did that one. And then the season 10, the Pertwee, Colin 23, 26. That's it, isn't it? So what we've got, that's what we've got so far. And then season 14 is coming out. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah, lovely sets, and it's when you get them all lined up. Ooh, the feels. Ooh. <laughs> the reaction of every Who fan looking at their shelves right now. Well, I'm not ashamed to say that some days I just sit on my sofa and stare at the shelf. <laughs> I, t- I just stare at them, going, "Ah, oh, lovely." Just to have Doctor Who as complete sets on my shelf. It's yeah, I never thought I'd see the day. It's joyous. Yeah, just imagine sat there watching the shelf other half comes in what are you doing just sipping a cup of tea no nothing just having a look <laughs> just having a look as you do as you do yeah yes right yo news and merch done that's it i've no idea where he's gone but oh we'll be sulking somewhere yeah leave him to it right review time indeed what have we got this week bud yeah this week uh we are on the story let me get this right praxius Two identical deaths on two different continents. It's smart, it's relentless, and it knows you're onto it. I'm way up close. There's a connection between all these things, I just can't see it yet. I hate that music. I really do. It is, reminds me of Hollyoaks. I know I say it every week. It, I, every, every time I hear it, I hate it even more. Anyway. Sorry, I just had to get it off my chest straight away. <laughs> so, season, oh, series 12, Hollyoaks, was written by <laughs> Pete Mateague and the Chibbers. It was directed by Jamie Magnus Stone, and it stars the usual quote-unquote fam uh, with uh, a decent size supporting cast, I would say. And the the plot is... There is um, some people who are dying across the planets of some strange disease where these strange scaly bone things engulf their body and then explode. The doctor's trying to find out. Uh, it's a bit of a split story, this one. So you've got some of the companions off doing things. There, are, Someone's investigating, along with this policeman that they run into, uh, they're investigating this lost astronaut and this weird energy signature. The doctor's off looking at uh, birds in another part of the world. Uh, Ryan's off um, uh, investigating birds as well. And uh, as the story goes through, it turns out that um, this alien race had uh, basically used the Earth as a bit of a testing field for this disease, which had all, all but wiped out their planet. So they've unleashed the virus upon the Earth so that they can find out a cure for it and then sort of save themselves, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, Praxius hmm. infected with, what do you reckon, buddy? What do you reckon to Praxius? <laughs> well, uh, I think after last week's episode, which we both absolutely loved, didn't we? And there was so much thrown at us. I think it was always going to be a difficult job to follow that. If you know what I mean, expectations were set, so high from last week, I think. Um, so this had a bit of a job on its hands. And the weird thing is it doesn't pick up any of those strands. So it was already a bit on the back foot, I think. 
I don't know about you. I wasn't expecting it to actually. I didn't think. I thought those things were set up for the final last week. So I thought there might be the odd nugget thrown in just to keep the strands going this week. But there wasn't anything at all, which I think is a bit of a shame. But um, I think it should have just been something in there. Uh, but not at all. This is sort of a completely standalone story, doesn't it? So it's as if last week didn't happen, really. Um, and I thought it was okay. Uh, so I, I've watched it twice, as I always do. And the first time I watched it, um, I got in, I had to watch it on catch-up because I was working. So I watched it when I got in from work. And I thought it started really well. I was really drawn into the first probably 20 minutes uh, so much so, actually, I didn't make a single note because I was really getting into the story and I thought it was really creepy and all that stuff, like when they were uh, with Ryan and Gabriella walking around and discovering the body on that sort of operating table and the gas mask guys, I thought, God, this is, you know, this is good. What's going on here? You know, what's, this is intriguing stuff. Um, although I did have to laugh that they set up their tent in the middle of all that rubbish. I think that was the only note I made, actually. It's like, who would do that? Who would say, you know, fair enough if you want to stay in that spot, but the, the tent was surrounded by crap. I, that did make me laugh, because you just wouldn't do that, would you? Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it started really well. I was really quite invested in the first 20 minutes, and then somewhere on the line, it just lost me. Um, and by the end of it, I was just left a little bit cold, really. I just felt like... It was a bit of a sort of nothing episode. It was another one that delivered a message and an okay, fine, uh, an important message. But yeah, it's another one that sort of, I wouldn't say it hammered it home, but it certainly wasn't subtle. Um, but that wasn't really my issue with it. It just didn't really sort of do anything by the time the episode finished. I just thought, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was just a bit meh, really. And I hate using that word as well, Ma, but that <laughs> that's how I felt. Um, and watching it a second time, last night if anything i enjoyed it less because i think all the stuff that i enjoyed i kind of knew where it was going and once again by the time i got about three quarters into the story i was pretty bored to be honest i was kind of just fed up of all the gobbledygook that was being spouted on the screen and there was a i know it's i know we keep saying this but it is so true there was a lot of expedition again at the end when she was explaining what the virus is in the way that she explains it. And I was like, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I just lost heart a little bit in this story. I don't think it's bad. I'm probably making it sound like I really didn't like it. I, I thought it was okay. A very much sort of middle-of-the-road story, but it's not one that I'm going to go back and watch anytime soon. Right. Okay. Yeah. What did you think? Hmm. Oh. I'm, I'm kind of divided on this one, mate. Mm-hmm. I was worried initially because Pete Mateague wrote Kablam in series 11. Yeah. And really didn't like Kablam. And I think our score reflects that. Yeah, Kablam was a strange one, wasn't it? A lot of people loved Kablam. Yeah, that was weird. And I remember I liked the story, but just didn't find the episode worked. It didn't, yeah, it wasn't one of my favourites. Yeah. It was I know weird. You, you weren't taken with it, I remember, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, I was worried, but then, like you, the first, the first part of the episode, it was really good. Like the first fifteen minutes, I would say, first fifteen minutes were really, mm. really good. And I thought, okay, this is this is really good. It almost felt like we we were starting a feature film because it had yeah. a big sort of global location thing going on and mm. set up the strands. Like each of the strands that started off the story were really strong. 
And then the action that kicked in when the doctor's legging it across the beach. And then those two people, they, they, they like, oh, no, what's going on? And then the guy explodes and stuff. So the, the first third, I would say, of the story is really strong. Yeah. And I thought, right, Matig has, you know, he's put Kablam behind him. Now we're on to a belter. Mm. But then it just kind of, I think for the rest of the episode, I was really wanting it to be great. <laughs> I thought, mm. you know, this is really good. But it felt like, remember we said about, we I said exactly the same thing about, what was the story before Fugitive? It was... Uh, Orphan 55. Orphan 55, yeah. It was like Doctor Who's running at, at sort of 80%. Mm. And it can't, for whatever reason, it just cannot shift in to that final upper gear mm. to deliver something amazing. Now, like you said, it was always going to be a tough show following Fugitive of the Jadoon. That was always going to be the case. Yeah. Un unless this was a direct follow-on and we had Joe Martin's Doctor back and all of those things going on, which we knew it wasn't going to happen anyway. But mm. So based on that, it's going to be, it was going to be very difficult. And I suspect that if next week's episode is going to turn out to be amazing, then unfortunately this episode is going to get lost into the abyss yes. of, you know, sandwich between two great episodes like we've mm. had in the past. So I really wanted it to be great. I was like really willing the rest of the story to, to be great. But then I had exactly the same feeling as I did for uh, Orphan 55, where I thought it's reached a limit of about 80%. And it just can't seem to push through and like deliver like that epic moment or that amazing scene or that brilliant set piece or whatever it needed to have that. It just kind of went through the mo The only bit that I felt was really good towards the end was when uh, Jake was in the spaceship and he had sacrificed himself and he was going up into the stratosphere to release the 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 cure into the stratosphere. And so that was kind of cool. That was a good build up. Mm. And I really didn't see the doctor saving him because they left it so last second yeah. where she materializes around him and stuff. And that was really cool. That was a lovely moment where the doctor's really chuffed with herself where, where she's like, Oh, I materialized just at the second before it exploded and then got him out and stuff. So other than that little climactic bit there, the rest of it just kind of sort of, trundled along and mm. you know so it was a yeah i'm kind of divided on it because the opening was so strong and the performances for the most part were pretty good the not sort of any huge complaints about performances bar a couple mm. and uh yeah i think there was I, I'm, I'm struggling really i'm really struggling to try and put a score on it to be honest with you i've wrote down three different scores oh really since i've rewatched it last night and i'm really oh. struggling to to pick one which we'll come on to in a little bit but mm. yeah it's kind of a strange one and um i just know that if next week it turns out to be great this one's going to get forgotten so quickly it's going to get lost isn't it i know what you mean about the score actually because it's it's weird isn't it um straight after the episode like it's, it's you know people were saying to me what do you think to it and I'm, i don't know what to say because i don't think it was bad and I don't think it was particularly great. It's, it's a, just a very <laughs> middle of the road. So I know what you mean about the score. Um, I, just going back to that scene when Jake flies off in the ship, you see, it was a good moment. I loved, I, I thought it was a goner. <laughs> I did. You know, I thought yeah. they've set up this story of him and Adam. Um, 
you know, and that was quite cool little backstory. And oh dear, yeah, he was always the he was always the one that let Adam down. So now he's going to sacrifice himself and prove that he was, you know, a good man all along. I thought, here we go. So the fact the doctor saved him was a nice surprise. It was very well done as well. Uh, watching it again last night, the way he's just just about to explode, but then he's in the TARDIS. It was really well edited, and it looked, you know, it was, a, it was very well done. Um, now, of course, this does open up a big can of worms for all uh, all us Adric fans out there, because we're now all saying, well, if the Doctor can save <laughs> Jake, now why wouldn't why wouldn't he want to go back and save Adric? Because um, he didn't want to save him. He didn't want to save him. See, I think it would have been cool if they'd have put a nice, just a little throwaway line in there just to, because it is a bit of a question, isn't it? Well, why, if you can do that, all she had to say was, um, oh, I wish I could have done that sooner. Or so, I don't know, something, she could have put a little reference in there, just saying oh, like, right, as if right. like, you know, because one of the things I, I love about, um, you know, like the first Doctor, or a lot of the earlier incarnations Doctor, they can't really control the TARDIS. So it used to just have a bit of a mind of its own. And there was quite a lot of jokes in the classic series, weren't there, about the companion would be like, Tegan, for example, be like, you mean you can actually control this thing? And, you know, like it was always as if the doctor sort of half knew how to use the controls, but he didn't really. It's as if he would, because he'd stole the TARDIS, it's as if he never really knew how to work it properly, which was more of a classic series thing. The new series, they seem to be able to sort of hop from here, there, wherever they want to go, don't they? So they sort of lost that. But Carol Ann Ford, I think it was, said in a big finish interview, I remember hearing Sages ago, I think it was her. She said, well, I like to think that that, you know, the Doctor over time is obviously learning to use the TARDIS better, a bit like a bit like you do. You know, you get a computer and you sort of learn a little bit and then you learn a little bit more and before you know it, you're, you're away. And, you know, or learning to drive a car, you're a bit sort of, you know, you're sort of stuttering down the road at one point, but before you know it, you're racing up the road and you're not even thinking about it, you know. And I think that's a really nice thought. It's that's as if, yeah, the, yeah, over the time the Doctor's perfected things, perfected things, and... um yeah, so that's what I like to think. So I like to think at this point, yeah, she can do those little, you know, but the, the fifth Doctor, he ain't quite mastered the controls <laughs> by this. So that's, in my mind, that's how I get around that. I think that's a really nice theory um, of Carol Ann's. That's so, lovely. But yeah. I would have liked a nice little line in there of like, yeah, I've got better at those and shame I couldn't do it before. or something. I don't know, just something so that we knew what she was talking about. We knew she meant Adric, but... You know, but it wasn't to be. There was no mention of him. She's forgotten all about him. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, well let's face it. Davison's doctor wasn't exactly up there in terms of his technical know-how. It, he used to bang the constantly yeah. <laughs> versus somebody like Pertwee's doctor or Capaldi's. Oh, okay. You know, it wasn't. He wasn't a tinkerer as such, was he? No. Well, Pertwee used to rip the console out and put it in the garage, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> God knows how he did that. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I so, know what you I'd, mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I get around it. I do think that's a nice little way of looking at it. Yes. If it's for anyone that's bugging. <laughs> no, that's a lovely thought, actually. Mm. Yeah. I did like the setup of this as well. You know, like we both enjoyed the beginning of the story. What the first thing I thought of was, ah, Pete Matigi's given the, he separated the companions and they're all doing something. I thought, ah, right. He's sat down and thought about that. He's all right, let's give him something to do. And I thought, yeah, that's working really well. So that's the other thing I liked at the start of this episode. They were all doing something. Ryan's there to collect the bird, the dead bird, and Yaz is off. What was she doing? Oh, with with um uh 
Graham. Graham. You know, yep. they're doing their bit of detective work and there's a lovely moment between those two where um, Graham's like, this thing's pointing to that wall. And she turns it around. He's like, this thing's pointing <laughs> yeah. to that door. I thought that was a lovely moment. Yeah. So yeah, it started off so well, really. And all the stuff with the birds was creepy. I kept thinking, well, they're going to attack, aren't they, any minute? And they finally did, but it didn't really have the impact I think it should have, if you know what I mean. I don't think they quite... I don't know why, but... Mm. They could that could have been done so much better because you had these birds circling around for blimmin' ages and you knew what was coming, but when it did, it was kind of a bit oh, I don't know. Yeah. Things like that. It just felt like you said, just felt like the middle of the episode, it just tailed off. It just it had all this so many good things going for it, but all these great elements. And I think we may have said this about other episodes, but they just didn't really come together. Um and it had a bit of a similar message to Orphan fifty five in a way. It's another one about you know, what we're doing to the planet and all this stuff, wasn't it? So it's a very similar message being brought home again this week, which I think, again, felt a little bit boring, really. I know it's important. I'm not undermining it, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got that as well. I think think they're just trying to use... I don't think they're trying to ram it down your face too much because, let's be honest, Doctor Who has always been a vehicle for certain political messages or environmental things. It's mm. always done that. I'm not sure why everyone's up in arms on on Twitter and socials about this being such a massive problem. Um, because Twitter, um, uh, Doctor Who, especially in the classic years, so much political allegory and all that stuff's been going on for, for ages, for years. Mm. But for some reason, people are uh, kicking off about it now. And I think it's because the Doctor's... The, the, I think it's the way that it's been filmed, the way that the script's been written, the way it's been filmed, it kind of feels like the Doctor is saying it to the viewer directly yeah, and not to the other actors on set. It feels like they've been removed for a few seconds. And it, you know, it, it's almost like the Doctor's turning to camera and saying, look, you are screwing everything up. Mm. It does <laughs> you know. feel a bit fourth wall at times. Yeah. I, I, you know, I do agree with that. Um, a little bit yeah but it's not like uh, it's i don't see why it's such a huge complaint i mean the the message that's being put across is very true it's not like they're fabricating or you know hyping up things that this is not a donald trump situation (laughs) (laughs) the message is very true i think it's just like i said it feels like it's being directed at you the viewer and uh not the cast members i know what you mean i i mean i keep because I, I thought, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit sledgehammered in. But then I kind of think to myself, if I was watching this as a kid, you know, like when I watched Doctor Who, the messages probably went over my head a bit. But you do take stuff in. So if I was watching this as a kid, I probably, which I suppose it primarily it's aimed at, isn't it? Maybe it's, you know, aimed more at kids to say, you know, guys, this is what you're doing. It would probably sink in more if I was a kid, is what I'm saying. So maybe that's why it's like that. But as an adult, yeah, it does feel just a little bit too, like you said, like we're being, I was going to say preach that, but you know what I mean. don't mean it quite that bad, but it does feel a little bit like they're turning and talking directly to me, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I don't yeah. know, I'm not quite sure they've got the balance right in the yeah. way that they're telling the story, but I kind of understand why they're doing it that way. Yeah. yeah, it feels a little bit more on the nose as well, if that makes yes. sense. Yes, yeah, exactly. It feels yeah. like uh, instead of the the environmental thing being a theme, 
of the story. It's more like a direct, you know, you're wrecking the planet, but it's not too late to sort of fix things if you mm. if you sort yourselves out. It feels like that's the message that's being put forward directly instead of there being like a more of an allegorical theme to the story or something like that, you know. So Yeah, I, they're just not being subtle about it. It's just no, it's, it's no. right in your face, which I suppose, yeah, is is okay. It's just I don't know, I just don't think we can't have that every week. Like I think um a lot of people are saying, you know, I watch dot two to escape for an hour, not to have all and I I get that. I think there are, there's a time and a place for it. And I think it's fine to do that every few episodes if you want to, but not every single week which to be fair they're not doing it every week but again you know what i'm saying you've got to have yeah, a balance yeah. i think um otherwise yeah. it otherwise that message kind of gets deluded because by the time they're delivering that message you're sat home saying oh for goodness sake yes <laughs> whatever you know so you kind of start going the other way yes. don't you yeah um, if you know what i mean yeah and i think this one was especially direct as well because mm. in orphan 55 it felt like that environmental message was more generic it was more like the planets ended up because of a, a huge number of reasons that's what's happened to it because of those mm. things whereas this one was very very focused on plastics microplastics which is such a big thing in yeah. just sort of news in general these days and environmental news plastics are the thing isn't it that's people that's are right. up in arms about so it was i think this one was a bit more zoned in on specifically what the problem is right now so it probably felt a bit more like crikey and I, I on the other side of the coin i also completely appreciate that people aren't up for that they don't want to they don't they want to watch doctor who because they want an escape from what's going on in the world mm. they want you know they want and, and that's the beauty of sci-fi in general i think any any or fantasy films and tv all of that stuff it's for you just to sit there and disappear from the world for half an hour to an hour yeah. and not have to think about what's going on and stuff. So I can totally appreciate why people don't want to see it and stuff like that. But I think, um, yeah, I just think that Doctor Who has always been not necessarily used for that specific purpose, but it always has had those messages in there somewhere. Yeah, like you the know. Green Death and stuff like that. It's, it's, been, it's always been a part of it, isn't it? Yes. It's to sort of yeah. raise, raise awareness of these issues sort of thing. It's just, yeah, in this, they're just going straight hammer and tong yeah. and they're making it the central plot of the thing which yeah again you know i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that um obviously dealing with plastics we got a mention of the autons we you know i don't think i thought for a second <laughs> they were going to come back but it was a nice to have them included you know to do with the plastics that and all cool. that sort of thing yeah but uh, the, what did you think about this rumor that was knocking around for weeks before about the sea devils did you uh that's what I was. That's that. what I was leading to. Yeah. Well, I I believed it actually. I think I wanted to believe. I want I to believe <laughs> because um, I'd love to see the Sea Devils come back. Um, I really would. I, I think they'd be. I think the time's right. They've been away for a while. Um, I just yeah. I, I and I think they would have really suited this story. In fact, I think they might have, like you said, taken it into that next gear that it needed. Um, they would have been great. But obviously it wasn't to be. And I, they have been so heavily rumoured. I think a lot of people who perhaps didn't enjoy this episode very much were very disappointed because they were convinced the Sea Devils were coming back. I saw a lot of people saying that, like, oh, I thought the Sea Devils were in it. Oh, what a load of rubbish. And I'm thinking, yeah, I get why you're disappointed because they, they would have really been good in this. Um, I really wanted it to be true. I was... Ever since they've been rumoured, I was worried about the design, though, because I don't like what they did with the Solarians. 
I don't like the new series design. I don't think it's particularly good. But um, so I was a little bit hesitant. I really wanted them to come back, but I was thinking if they do, are they what are they going to look like? Are they going to have their little <laughs> vests on, or are they going to look totally different? Um, but yeah, I, I think they would have. I think this would have been a good story for the Sea Devils. I really think that could have worked. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed they didn't show up all the way through, especially when they went into the depths of the ocean. We thought it was a spaceship, didn't we? But it was like underneath the ocean. There's netting. Oh, yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. they've left it late in the episode, but here we go. There's a bit of netting there. Where are they? They never appeared. Yeah. Wasn't to be. Wasn't to be, mate. Yeah. And to be <sighs> honest with you, I don't think that's... Because uh, in my opinion, I think the Sea Devils, they, they shouldn't, or they definitely shouldn't be just an offshoot or a, a cameo thing. The Sea oh, Devils no. need their own proper story, you know. Oh, definitely. So if they'd have just popped up at the end when they're in the under the under the sea plastic, mm. uh, what was that thing it was called? It was the uh, the Indian Ocean garbage patch, I think is the, <laughs> the name for it. And uh, yeah, if the Sea Devils had just rocked up, that would have been uh, a disservice to those guys. Really, they really need their own prop. I'd, I can't imagine them being involved in this storyline anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was great. It was great to fantasize it about it before the episode went out. It's like, are they coming back? Is it going to be a Sea Devils thing? Because let's be honest, they've done a really good job of keeping things secret. Yeah. Oh, series. yeah. I thought I thought it was absolutely possible. I really did think it could be possible. Yeah, yeah. So I um, thought, hmm, could yeah. like you, I was like, I really want them to come back. I really hmm. want them to, to to make an appearance. But this this but, story wouldn't have done them justice. I don't think. No, you're probably right. Um, I mean, I think that's the thing that's slightly missing from the stories as well. From this story, sorry, is the the sort of baddie or monster of the week. I mean, I I know they're doing something different this week, which is fine. But because I didn't really understand the character of Suki, because she gets revealed that she's like the sort of ma- mastermind behind it, and she's supposed to be an alien. And I'm thinking, okay, she looks completely human. Like what? what sort of alien is she then? Where does she come from? I just didn't really get the character and it may be explained on screen because I'll be honest, I did zone out a lot both times I watched this. I, I just, I couldn't help it. I, I was trying to follow I just wasn't really engaged in it as much as perhaps I should have been. But so they might've explained Suki, but I didn't really understand her character. She was supposed to be what a, an alien race that come down to experiment on humans to find a cure. Is that right? But she just happened to look completely human. That's right, yeah. She's uh, she's one of the last remaining people of her kind, I think. Her planet was all pretty much wiped out by Praxius. Okay, but so. she just looks doesn't look alien to her. I mean, I, I just didn't get it. Why? Do we, I mean, I know it's so that... The, I know why in story terms she looks human. It's so that we can have this big reveal. But it, to me, it was just a disappointing reveal. It's like, what? Yeah. So I, I didn't see it. I don't think that landed as, as well as it was intended. Um, yeah, the reveal wasn't too bad. I don't, I don't think it was okay because you saw it was a good moment where the doctor's talking to Yaz. And oh then, yeah, she's behind her. Yeah, as mm. she turns her head slightly, you can see Suki's face sort of change, mm. and you immediately think, "All oh, right, something's up." And then it it kicked off. But uh, interesting that they, because I initially thought that they had some kind of filter on to make them look human, but no, they are uh, they were proper humanoid people yeah, from some yeah, other planet was- somewhere. But yeah. So you had that, and then you had the birds, which obviously 
you know, a bit Hitchcock style. That's that's cool. Anyone who's ever seen the birds, there was a bit of influence from that, I think. Um, but they didn't really. I mean, they were they were fine. They that was good when they all kicked off. But I kept thinking, why did they leave that poor guy outside? Like, oh yeah, you just hang around and keep an eye on those birds. What's he going to do? Of course he's going to get mauled to pieces. What a stupid thing to do. And then they didn't even care when he was murdered, did they? It's just like, well, I don't even know what his name was. Uh, his name, I think, was uh, Amaru. Amaru? Yeah, just yep. keep an eye on those birds, Amaru. We just, we got some more important stuff to be doing in here. And he gets killed and then they just, like, no, they completely forgot about him. Um, but I'll tell you what I did think was good was the effect when the people got the virus, that is a, that was proper creepy, you know, for seven o'clock at night, that was, you know, re- I mean this in a good way. It was proper horror. That, that was, was awesome. like, that yeah. was, I mean, the effect was brilliant. When that woman was sort of um, jolting around on the operating table with the virus and it was just spreading all over. I mean, it was so well done. Um, and the real jump scare moment when she opened her eyes and they were white. And I mean, that was proper horror. Um, and I thought that was done incredibly well. Uh, but I think it, they just look so creepy with all those. They look like shells almost, didn't they? When they were sort of got the virus and they were covered just before oh, yeah. they exploded. Yeah. Um, they, look, they look like they could have potentially been a great monster. I, I, when, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like when, um, when they unmasked one of the gas mask people, and they kind of looked like that underneath, didn't they? It was pretty horrific. And I thought that, was, that could have been utilised a lot more than it was really. Cause I thought that was a great, you know, a great look, if you like a great effect. It really, was really, really creepy. Good, yeah. 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 It was, um, I was really shocked as well when, when they came across the guy on the beach, you know, when the doctor legs it and screams for help. Yeah. And then you see the first few of those things appear on his hand and so on. Uh, I thought that they were going to be that, that the, their bodies were going to be taken over by something. And that's what I thought. Controlled. Yeah. But when the, it just escalated really quickly and he just exploded into a, into dust, basically I thought, Holy crap. So I was really shocked that they, that they, they killed somebody off pretty quickly in who I was pretty shocked by that. And then I thought, uh, why did it take the, the astronaut guy so long? I did think that as well. Yeah, because that kind of undid my initial cool feeling of mm-hmm. being shocked by that guy because I thought, well, surely they haven't fallen fallen into the trap where because this is one of the more main characters, the rules don't apply. <laughs> They're just going to mm-hmm. long it out, you know, and use it as a device for the, finale, um, the, the ending part of it, the climax. But unfortunately, they did a little bit because it seemed to take him an awful long time before they administered the cure for him. And even when he was there for ages with some of those things appearing on his face, you could tell he was in a bad way, but he certainly wasn't about to explode into a ball of dust. No, sure. I, I did think the same thing. And also it made me laugh when she said, oh, I think I've got the, I think I've got the cure. And he's like, well, test it on me. And they're like, no, no, it's too dangerous. I'm like, too dangerous? You're going to explode into a pile of shells in 30 seconds. Get <laughs> it down yet. <laughs> like, why are they even questioning it? Surely like... They've, you know, they either the cure works or he's going to die anyway. I did, that would just seem like a, a silly bit of dialogue, really. But, but yeah, I know what you mean. It did take him an awful long time to thing to yes. to ex, to get to the point of explosion. Yeah. And old um, Gabriella's friend, what was her name? Jamelia, Jamelius. I don't know. Oh. The girl that was on the operating table that exploded. Oh, Joyce. 
Was it Joyce? Joyce, I think. Yeah. No, Jamelia, mate. Jamelia, you know, the one that was in the tent. Oh, yes. Start. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it was her. Yeah. I mean, Gabriella got over her death very quickly. <laughs> like she exploded in front of her eyes. And she oh, sort yeah. of went, what's yeah. going on? And then actually there was a nice little, there was a, a nice little moment between her and Ryan where I think he was saying, you'll get over it. But she did get over it. <laughs> she said, she's laughing and joking in the next scene. I was thinking, blimey, your best friend's just exploded and you're, um, and you're off. <laughs> you're over pretty. Well, that's the thing. And also, because, yeah, because she, she did seem very, very concerned when she was with Ryan. Mm. And Ryan was like, you know, don't worry. Don't worry. So, don't worry. Let them come. It was all, yeah. But then, like you said, when she explodes, she's shocked for about 10 seconds and then she's all smiles and running around. This is great. Yeah. We're on an adventure. Yeah. yeah. So I do. I know what you mean. Ryan, dissect that bird for me. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> oh, I don't Yeah. Um, what did you think to Yaz going off on her own little adventure this week? Yeah, did you, cool. Did yeah. you think, I thought the... I thought I saw the Grim Reaper pop up behind her. I thought, oh, no. I know we were meant to think that. I fell for it. I thought, uh-oh. It's right, the right. it's the mid-season game changer. Yaz is, Yaz is doomed. Because <laughs> they did set it up like that, didn't they? She's, she was like, oh, just, just an hour. And the Doctor looks all concerned. And I thought Yaz was going to cop it this week, to be honest. I thought she was a goner. Yeah, I, th- I didn't think that. I didn't think she was going to no? be a goner, no. I thought... Oh. Uh, I thought I still think that they're saving up one of the companion's deaths for the finale. I still okay. think they're saving up. Not necessarily death, but you know what I mean, but one of them so leaving. Well, when she said she was going off her own, you, did, did you not think? No, uh, no. Oh, right, I did. I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> what's, what's happening now? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm liking Yaz this series. You know? I am. I am too, yeah. Liking Yaz a lot. I am. She's got a good kind of, she's got a, she's got a mix of like Sarah Jane, uh, Sarah Jane, Tegan, and Bill Potts about her. Mm. If that if that makes sense, a bit of a mashup of like this cool kind of no nonsense, independent, uh, sort of cracking on. Sort of uh, the other two are like that to an extent, but Yaz seems to take the initiative a bit more. This series, she's, I'm liking Yaz. Yeah, she seems to be up for just going off and and having a look and 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 taking things on whereas the other two seem to still be led by the doctor quite a bit they're not so they're not as quick to be like well i'm going to go off and do this they seem to follow the doctor around a bit more mm. yeah yaz is yaz is cool she, they, they definitely have developed her more this series and oh. definitely for the better she's out of the three companions or the three fam whatever she's definitely standing out i think uh ryan ryan's kind of just He's, I say, consistent in the sense that he's just in the background a bit every week. Um, and Bradley, or Graham, sorry, is still great, but he's been kind of, he's just the sort of comic relief at the moment, which he's great at. <laughs> but I think he has been sidelined just a tad. But that's fine. I, I'm, I'm happy to see Yaz getting some development and being pushed forward. I think, I think she is becoming a really good character, and I like all the interaction between her and the Doctor. You feel a bit more of a bond between those two. I don't know. They're just they're definitely being written well. Um, those, you know, the scenes between those two. I like. There's definitely a bond there. Um, yes. So yeah, I agree with you, mate. I'm liking Yaz as well. Yeah, that scene with Graham was really funny. At I love that. Yeah. According to this, whatever's coming from the other side of that door. And then she just turns it around. Although there is a mistake there. 
Is there? Yeah. And I'm being extremely picky and pedantic Uh-oh. with this one. So if she turns that, I assume it's some kind of little mini uh, sat navy thing. If she turned it around like that, that means they should have been coming to this area from the other direction. Oh, boom. Not that, you know what I mean? Yes, I never thought of that. Because if she flips it around and he's going a different way, then yeah, anyways, it was a funny little scene for sure. They really need us on set to iron these things out, don't they? <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you think too? Now, I'm confused on this one. Okay. So the the guy that was working as kind of overzealous security, so Jake. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, yep. he's on a sabbatical. He's a he's a police officer, but he, for mm. whatever reason that we don't get told, he's on a break or a sabbatical, or whatever. So he's working as a supermarket security guy, and we have no clue his relationship with Adam, the astronaut. He's in a bar and he sees the news report, and he's obviously immediately concerned. Now mm. that's all good. Like that part of the script. Where did Adam get a mobile phone to text him? And how did he know his number off by heart? Because I don't know about you. I don't even know my wife's mobile number without looking in my phone. So so the process of Adam crash landing down to Earth and being kidnapped by the alien dudes and being tied up and in that lab and everything, (laughs) where did he get a mobile phone from? And where did he get, uh, where, how did he remember? Maybe he did. I'm not sure. I'm just saying in general, it's very difficult Mm. to remember mobile numbers these days. But where did he get a mobile phone from? I don't even know my own number. And I've had my phone for (laughs) five years. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that because I'm not sure what the timeline is. And he's watching it on the news. So presumably he's already crashed. He's in the sea. Phone's got wet. I don't know. It's it's a that's a minefield. Well, I'm not even sure he would have a mobile phone on him as an astronaut, mm. I'm pretty sure NASA would be like, mm, this isn't like going on a plane where you just put it in airplane mode. Pretty sure yeah. you have very, very strict rules on that. You're not allowed your mobile phone. <laughs> also, you're not probably going to get a signal in space. And also, <laughs> and also it didn't come up with his name, did it? Because surely, no, surely it Jake would have, surely Jake would have Adam's number saved if they're married. Cause it come up with, it didn't come up Adam. So, because I, I at first thought, ooh, who's sending him that mysterious text? Because um, it just had a generic number yes. at the top, didn't it? I think. I don't know. I'm a little no, confused by that. No, it did. Absolutely. Yeah, just had a random number. It wasn't saved in his phone. So mm. my, that was just a, a little question I had afterwards. I'm like, well, he's in a bad way. He's been infected. He's not good at all. He's been kidnapped and he's been tied up. Excuse me, mate. I know you're busy. <laughs> don't know if you can even understand me. Have you got a mobile phone that's registered to a UK network on Earth that I can use to text my estranged husband to come and rescue me? Oh, you have. Brilliant. Just let me hear just for a second. That's where we needed the sea devil to pop in. I've, just, I've got one in my little white belt. Hang on. Yes, that's a, it's a good point. I, I hadn't thought about it, but now you've said it. Yeah, it's another one of those. This episode is little... falling apart in front of my very eyes. It's another one of those crappy little things that nobody would even care about of it i just happened to think about it after i watched it that was all. it doesn't detract from you know the the quality of the writing or anything like that but yeah, yeah. so what did you think to the whole storyline with those two then because it's quite a sweet uh 
sort of love story, really. They've kind of gone their separate ways because Jake's a bit more of a doesn't like commitment, you know, doesn't want to support his other half because he doesn't like change. He doesn't like traveling abroad. He just likes to be himself and all the rest of it. But his husband, Adam, clearly had bigger dreams, wanted to go off and do that. And Jake didn't want to support him. And they've been separated ever since. And then there's that lovely little little scene where Graham's sitting outside with him and, you know, sort of helps him come to the conclusion that he's kind of punishing himself rather than his his husband or their relationship and then it sort of comes full circle he mm. sacrifices himself but then gets saved and then they go off into the sunset happily ever after hand in hand so it's quite a nice little story between those two that was a a nice kind of thread that ran through it i thought yeah no i liked it uh, i i like that story as well because it, it was borderline cheesy wasn't it I was, I was a little bit worried like when he got in the spaceship i know you like that scene but when he first got in it and i'm flying this thing i thought oh oh dear i wasn't sure about that to begin with but it did it overall i think it did work and i i quite like the storyline between them i think the you know the actors were both good as well they they were quite sort of likable i mean you got jake who's a bit flawed doesn't like, you know, scared of flying and all that sort of stuff. So doesn't travel. And then you've got Adam, who's an astronaut, quite the opposite. So that was a nice, you know, dynamic, if you like. Um, yeah. And so by the time, by the time they sort of were walking off together at the end, I had grown to quite like both of them because they were both a bit flawed, really. But it was good. You know what I mean? So you did actually get sort of in the space of this 50 minute episode, you did actually get some nice character development for both of them, which again, we've mentioned has been lacking sometimes where we don't get connected to a character because there is no character development or nothing in the script to really make us like them or dislike them. So with these two, yeah, I kind of liked them both. Um, and I like the fact they were both a bit, both had their faults, um, which, you know, we can relate to and stuff. So yeah, I, I thought they were both good actually. I did like them. Yeah, it was pretty good actually. Yeah, mm. and that was kind of the one of the stronger elements about this story, I felt, was although it had various strands or threads, whatever, mm. uh, running through the, the, the main story, they did they did work for me. Because sometimes when you have companions going off doing different things, uh, we've seen tons of episodes where it does that, where the companions go off. They normally leave it later. They normally culminate with them all meeting up towards the end and, mm. and having a climax. But... Yeah, it's kind of cool. I liked the chemistry between uh, between Ryan and Jamila. Yeah, I quite like their chemistry uh, towards the you, beginning. What? Uh, no, you mean Gabriella? Jamila was a friend that blew up. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, Gabriella. Gabriella. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the chemistry between those two. Um, um, I'm not sure. I I found Gabriella a bit obnoxious. <laughs> I don't know. I know she's supposed to be a bit quirky, a bit mouthy, and she's a YouTuber and all that. Um, I didn't really warm to her, I'm going to be honest. Um, I know what you mean. Her and Ryan were quite good together. Uh, agree with you on that, but I'm not sure I liked Gabriella's character, really. I guess I did by the end. I suppose when she <laughs> walks off with Adam and Jake at the end, and they're like, oh, you're not coming, are you, or whatever. There was a bit of bants there, and I thought, well, all right, maybe she's all right. But I don't know. I, she was. I didn't warm to her as much as I think um, I was supposed to. But right. I she was you. all right. No, I don't I know. I just, yeah. I just, I'm not one for like obnoxious mouthy characters. They tend to rub me out the wrong way. So yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't bad wow. though. I mean, don't get me wrong. If she was to return with those guys for a little story or whatever, I wouldn't mind, but yeah, don't know. Not a hundred percent sold on her, to be honest. No, I mean her, 
her character aside, the the scenes with her and Ryan were 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 good though. I I thought. Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree. I didn't I I did didn't mind the scenes between yeah. those two. Uh, yeah, the scenes with once once you got all of them together was quite good, and it was a good when they're at the lab. You know, when they're in is it Madagascar? I think. Yeah. Yes. When they're in Madagascar, which looked beautiful, by the way. Yeah. I think when they're in the lab, there's that really cool bit where they're all trying to figure out the cure for Praxius. And there's that great sort of jump scare almost where it goes quiet outside and all the birds sort of rush through. Hmm. Uh, That was really good. And the way that they were all in it together at that point was good. Yeah, actually, the way the cast come together was good because considering all the different locations we had at the start, so like Peru, Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, Madagascar, like you said, it's quite a lot going on um, and quite a lot of characters. They did come together quite well. I agree with you there. Um, yeah, that, that did build up quite well. Yeah. I'm trying to think, because um, you've got two other characters, Joyce and Zach, who are they? So they were... Uh, Joyce, I think, was the woman that was working in the supermarket at the beginning. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I think that's Joyce <laughs> uh, there. And Zach, I think, was hmm, the guy that? behind the bar. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other characters who are in the story. Wow, that's what I think. I'm just looking down the cast oh, list no, no, now. No, no. Uh, one of them was the guy that explodes on the beach. Oh, right. I think that's Zach. That's Zach, is it? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe so. I, we've probably got this completely wrong. No, I, I think I, you're right. I think for once we've nailed it. <laughs> yeah, for once, yeah. Yes. Uh, new listeners to the show, you're going to have to get used to this, I'm afraid. <laughs> We're absolutely terrible at Good remembering... Night supporting characters names versus actor names and so on but yeah i think we've got that down if they're not in the main cast they've got no chance no no, i think this week i think we've nailed it (laughs) (laughs) it's only because i wrote i only knew gabriella was not jamelia because i made and made sure i wrote it down on the pad it's not me being clever i've got it on a pad (laughs) so last week or the week before Hmm. we spoke about character releasing the 13th doctor's version of the tardis as a toy oh yeah and there was some controversy around them not not having the budget to print a backing card to go into the tardis that's right yeah sad days yep so the production crew whatever probably should have taken that same advice and not just printed out a sticker to go in the back of the TARDIS. Do you know the scene where... <laughs> I noticed it. <laughs> oh, God. The scene where the Doctor's essentially uh, looking out of the TARDIS, and I think uh, Yaz and Gabriel are going off to do something. And then when you look behind Jodie in the TARDIS, it's not as... They haven't put, like, green screen in there and put some CG in there. It's literally just a photo that's been printed out pretty big <laughs> and just hung up in the back of the, of the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What well, are they thinking with that? Because you've got all of this beautiful cinematography and this great detail with it now being in HD and all that stuff. And then you go and skimp on like a three second, I don't know. That's got to be down to, I mean, I, I thought the direction this week was good. <laughs> so we, we've got to put that at the director's 
foot foot i think um just not shooting it from the right angle because you could see the top you see that's <laughs> yeah. the, that's the that's the problem you could see the top of the sticker oh um, dear Oh dear. But I did think that I did think the direction was good this week. Uh, you know, like you said about the beginning with the security guard, you know, so it cut from you thought the spaceship was going to explode, but then it was a guy crashing through a load of tins or something in the supermarket. And you know, it's very well sort of edited and oh, shot, yeah, I thought, yeah. in that in those particular scenes anyway. Yeah. Um so that was all good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I did notice that drop. I, I guess I guess I could excuse it in the sense that I mean I noticed it during the tenant era, I think, sometimes. You just not as bad, but you you kind of knew there was just a backdrop there that he was stood against. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And also, you know, the the TARDIS itself, because obviously, like they couldn't with the new toy. It's just a reuse of a mold. It's not even the right sort of dimensions or shape, really. Because um, when you look at that TARDIS on the beach, beautiful shot actually. Mm. When the windows are really yellow and stuff, I mean, it looked it looked beautiful actually. Mm-hmm. But you do notice how different that TARDIS is. It's very square and chunky, isn't it? It is. Whereas obviously yeah. the new toys, I think it's a reuse of the Hartnell box that they produced years ago. So it's slimmer and it's taller and it's, it's you know, the proportions are wrong. Jodie's TARDIS is very sort of chunky and square and the windows and everything just are totally different. So I really noticed it this week. There were some really nice shots of the TARDIS on the outside. Yes. Um, yeah. Inside still looks like um, a morgue, a big old set. When that when that old rockets, the the central columns rocketing around, it always makes me laugh every every time I see it. But she's got a little table now, so she's got she's got this funny. She put like all the things she'd collected into this funny little crystal table. These these things keep popping up in that room, which I kind of like actually. Mm. You know, it, it kind of takes me back to how Hartnell's TARDIS would just randomly have a piece of equipment in it that he needed or Pertwee would suddenly have a drawer that folds out into a bed that he can lay on. And it's, it's you know, it's something that's always been in Doctor Who. So I don't really have an issue with it. But yeah, there's lots of little things popping up in that console room now. Yeah. I, I think what it is that I don't like about it, I mean, I, I think when it's lit and stuff, it can look really nice. But I think what I don't like about it is that they always show it, they sort of step off it. So because it's got that outer wall, it feels like they're stepping off the set into the studio to film another, like the table feels like it's outside of the right, main set. Right. And, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's the, th- that's the issue with it because it's got that, those sort of circle steps. As soon as you step off of those, you just feel like they're stepping off the set. It, it's, it must be very difficult to film it and make it look yes. like, yeah. a, I don't know, like it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially no, all those blooming yep. crystal pillars and stuff it's it's yeah. an odd i still think it's an odd interior still haven't quite got used to it yeah i'm still not sold on the whole the way they've lit that that new interior because no. some of the previous i think the darkest ones were i think capaldi's ones were fairly dark they got darker as we went along mm. so the the eccleston one was reasonably dark but then they they tweaked it a little bit when tenant came along it had more sort of turquoisey yeah, uh, sort like of orange, orange lights and stuff. Yeah, uh, and then Matt Smith's one was really bright at one point. They really amped up the orange and light and stuff. And then Capaldi's one a bit darker, but this one is very dark. Like you can't even see to the end, like the the, the back walls almost to the of the mm. TARDIS. Now, the problem is, is that this issue has been compounded by the fact that we were spoiled by such a beautiful looking TARDIS interior last week. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and. uh 
Yeah, one of our listeners, uh, one of our good friends, uh, Marty Badwilf, he mailed in his thoughts on uh, on uh, on last week's episode. Or we put it on Facebook, I can't remember. And uh, Facebook, I won't touch. Yeah. yeah, I won't touch on some of the things he mentioned about the doctor because that's a whole can of worms. But he did say that BBC have kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit because a lot of people have been like a lot of things with Doctor Who recently. They've been split on things, mm. and Natal has been one of them. And they've shot themselves in the foot because they gave us such a gorgeous looking interior, and it's so light and beautiful as well. That now, when you go back again this week to looking at. Uh, Jodie's interior it's like oh man why can't she uh couldn't she have done a swap couldn't she have like done some kind of Gallifreyan thing yeah like a pact or a swap or something I love Dr. Ruth's console room I mean it just was absolutely beautiful it's kind of exactly ever since the show was first announced us coming back i mean that's just what i would love to see yeah. but it, it, it cannot be i cannot let oh, my mind go down no. that road because if i do i start thinking oh what if and oh i don't know yeah. you know i'm starting to feel like i'm starting to feel like we've only got a couple of episodes left <laughs> and i don't know that we're going to see jack again i don't know that we're going to see ruth again i'm starting to think that we're not going to see them again i don't know why I just get the feeling they're there and they might come back in the next series or something, but I don't know. I just got this feeling that they were there and especially Jack. I don't think we're going to see Jack until maybe the special. Uh, I don't reckon. Yeah. That's my uh, thoughts as well, mate. Somebody, yeah. yeah. Somebody asked me the other day and I said the same thing. I said, I don't think yeah. we're going to see Jack or Dr. Ruth again. I think they've, they've dropped them in as a mid series Ball, a game changer <laughs> yeah and then we won't see them until either the finale or, or the next special but that brings yeah. me on to something I, I just want to close off we need to talk about Jodie very quickly but yeah one thing that I kind of affected my score on this episode really was that after last week and this is leads on to a bigger question about where each episode of Doctor Who in a series sits within a timeline mm. because this has been raised a few times before where just because you get to the next episode in sort of chronological broadcast order. That doesn't mean that what you're seeing on screen is happening directly after what you saw last week. And I don't know if it's the case with this or not, but one of the things that kind of drove me mad a little bit is because last week had so many big game changers. Mm. For me, you would have thought that priority number one for the doctor would be to find out what the frick happened um last week with the whole dr ruth thing and gallifreyans being alive and this alternate parallel whatever it is it ends up being you would have thought that absolutely that the doctor would have been like right what the frick has just happened Mm -hmm. so it just feels very weird that that would just be just dropped from her mind and now we're back into a feature of the week and we're chasing birds and stuff i just felt like it just felt like those those revelations in last week were so huge that the Doctor would have been all over it. Now, I understand that in terms of writing for television, you have to have peaks and troughs and keep the viewer hanging mm. at times and stuff like that. But I did really, I really felt like if the Doctor had felt, because she was knocked for six in that episode, you could oh, tell, yeah. you know, yeah. you would have thought that she would have been and just regardless of what incarnation of the Doctor we've seen over the, you know, 
donkey's years. One thing that's always been consistent with all of them is that level of intrigue and interest and not letting things go. That's been consistent with all of them. So you would have thought like, you know, she would have cracked on and investigated what the hell happened. But, yeah. but there's just not even a single mention of any of it. None at all. It does. I know it's, it's the most standalone of this series, I think, because it even in the other episodes before this, there were little, just little breadcrumbs and moments like, you know, when they, the family sat around and they're like, she doesn't even notice we're here because Jode is a bit out of it because she's looking for Gallifrey. And then we move on to the story. It's just little moments in each episode just to remind us that, you know, there's another, you know, something going on in the doctor's mind. There was absolutely none of that this week. Um, and it is a bit odd considering how much information we got last week or lack of information, how many questions, sorry, we got last week. It feels really strange not to have any little moments where we refer to that um, at all. It, yeah, this, in a way, it feels like maybe this should have been earlier on in the series. I don't know. Maybe this should have swapped places with Orphan 55 because, yeah, the Doctor feels much more distracted at the start of Orphan 55. In this one, she's back to being herself pretty much. So, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I think there should have been just something just to keep that that sort of arc running. And it, it needed just be the tiniest moment. It needn't have been anything big, but, you know, just something just to remind us that the Doctor's got a lot on her mind at the minute or a lot on her plate. Because, yeah. yeah, you're right. It didn't, this, this was totally standalone, um, which yeah. is normally fine. But after last week, I think it's set up so much to, to then completely ignore that and have a standalone. I'm not sure. It's a bit of a strange. Yeah. 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 If there was like a medium, however you want to label that or what size box you want to put it in, I'm not sure. But Mm -hmm. if there was a medium sized revelation, like say for example, if none of the Dr. Ruth stuff was there and it was just that Captain Jack came back for a bit, passed on a message and that was it. You could kind of understand not really picking up any of that threads for now, those threads for now. Um, because Jack yeah, exactly. did Jack did say that he wasn't going to see the Doctor for a while. So you could yeah. say, okay, we're not going to see him for a bit. But this whole Doctor Ruth thing and the Gallifrey thing and all that, it's like, it was, frick. It was massive, wasn't it? I know, <laughs> yeah. it does, yeah. So anyways, that kind of got me thinking, like, oh, you know, did they, have they shot themselves in the foot again with this kind of narrative where they've ignored, not ignored, but they've not picked it up. And I don't know, maybe it's a, a bigger question to answer, but just very quickly, Jodie's performance in this one, uh, still carrying on as in like improvements over series 11 for you. Yeah, I think so. I think she was good in this. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, yeah, I think she's, she's a, a certain level and I think, um, she's being written slightly better. Um, as I said earlier, they're still giving her lots of, expedition dialogue at the end of every episode which is getting a little bit tiresome but uh, no Jodie's fine she's she's settled in quite nicely I think to the part now I, I, I do I mean it is odd I, I know you said like Martin's comment he mentioned about the TARDIS and he did also mention it was an odd decision to give us Dr. Roof as such a strong doctor it it, it, it I, I do keep thinking of it every time I see Jodie on screen because what I loved about Dr. Ruth was how she just wasn't so no nonsense. I mean, she took out those four Jadoon with a Venetian Akkadu, whatever you say, (laughs) in in seconds. I thought, oh, wow, she was such a strong doctor in that sort of 10 minutes that she was the doctor. It's sort of in the back of my mind every time with Jodie because Jodie's doctors are very 
a much more genteel doctor and she's more quirky and she does things like, Oh, I'm so close to figuring it out. Come on, come on. And it's, it's, it's a totally different take on the doctor. Um, so it's, I don't know, but I think she's fine. I do. I do think she's good, but it's, it's odd to have that comparison with this other new doctor that they've thrown in there, which was so good. You sort of keep thinking, Oh, I wonder what Dr. Ruth would be doing at this point. She probably, <laughs> she'd probably had this wrapped up hours ago. If you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's, um, Yes. Well, I every doctor is different. Yeah, every doctor is. I completely agree, dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think Jodie is still very good this series. I think her performance and her confidence is still improving week on week. I do feel yeah, like and I, I'm, I'm liking her. I'm definitely liking her as a doctor a lot more. I think, think she is being written better, but I think she could still be written better as well i think there's still a bit yeah, of improvement in yeah. terms of the writing but not uh, i think her performance is is nice a nice performance from her yeah yes uh, mm. okay is there anything else on your notes mate anything you want to mention before we put a score on only segan's music which um i think because we've not really had any standout from him recently um i've sort of been making a note to sort of listen out for it and i did think it was good this week there was lots of banging drums and stuff so and and very creepy music with the old um when Jamelia was convulsing on the operating table and stuff like that. So I thought his music was good this week. It fitted the story very nicely. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was the only other note I'd got was Segan. Am I saying his name right? Segan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ac- Aconola, yeah. yeah. What did you think of the music? Was it good in the background, unnoticeable? What do you reckon? Um, yes, I think it was slightly better this week. It did have a creepy vibe to it. It definitely mm. added to the to the story for sure. Um I still don't think it's it's strange because in series eleven I really liked his music. I think there were some 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 stronger themes that were coming through that were more memorable. Mm. So for me, after a couple of the episodes last year, I felt like I remembered some of those themes more. I'm not getting that this year. The music's not bad. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I feel like we need a little bit of Murray sometimes, a little sprinkling of Murray gold, just a little bit. <laughs> I think I know what you mean in the sense that I remember with season 11, we kept saying, oh, the music, I can't wait for the soundtrack to come out. I loved that bit of music this week. And this one, there isn't anything where I've been like, oh, I really can't wait to get that track or I hope that comes out on the next soundtrack. There's not been anything particularly standout as of yet. As a, Exactly, yeah. There's nothing yeah. yeah. There's nothing that jumps out like, oh, yeah, do you remember that amazing bit? Because mm. you think back to Murray's days, I'm not going to harp on about that too much, but... Things like Vale Dachem for the Tenth Doctor and What's the bit where the Master stares theme. into the schasm? That is a if uh, I said the wrong that bit the schism. That, dun, 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 oh that bit of music is So for Matt Smith's Doctor we had that epic sort of theme that they used every two minutes for running <laughs> yeah. away. And, dun, 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 exactly, yeah. So we had yeah. those themes that you can instantly remember, like a click mm. of a finger, like, oh you remember that sad bit of music or Rose's theme or whatever. I'm not getting that vibe oh. <laughs> actually i love that bit of music when the yeah. when the ninth doctor is stood in front of the big fan in the end of the world you know when he just closes his eyes to walk through it and there's there's that sort of choral piece of music oh yes. beautiful yeah. yeah that's what i mean there's just memorable yeah yeah so i i get it that's they're purposely not doing that mm. so i get why you know um but i just feel like we need a little bit of it back yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. 
time for scores. Scores mm. on the doors. Uh, it's you to go first this week. Buddy. It is. It is. And I'm thinking your scores probably is changed quite a lot because as you talk through this with me, you've probably been going because you've got three written down, haven't you? And you're probably going from one to the other to think, oh, maybe it wasn't as bad. Oh, maybe that. So I have gone with a 6.5. A 6.5. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It was okay. It, it was, yeah, that's all I can say, really. It was, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't bad. So it's not a five for me. It was not great so it's not past a seven so 6.5 okay i am going to settle on drum roll please (laughs) well your score i had it written down first that was my first score Mm -hmm. then i went up to a 7.5 oh then i went to a 5.5 wow yeah so after i watched it the first time i wrote down 6.5 and as we've talked yeah i'm going to stick with that i'm going to match you mate i'm going to go over yeah. With a 6.5, yes. I think it's I think slightly higher than a an average middle of the road. It's a good episode, but certainly nothing that's going to be. And it will also, I know we shouldn't think like this, but later on, once Series 12 has all been and gone, I think the quality of next week's show will determine how how well this one's remembered as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally get what you mean. I, I, okay. For me, it's... um it's still better than Orphan 55 because a lot of Orphan 55 sort of didn't make sense to me. Like, you know, why did the creature even bother taking old Benny? What was the point of it? You know, there were so many things that didn't add up at least, (laughs) you know, the story in this was kind of like, it made sense, I suppose. But yeah, it just, yeah, it just never reached that, that next gear. Like you said, really. Yeah. Okay. I'll read you. Benny. (laughs) 6.5 from us. Benny. (laughs) Uh, What did our awesome listeners think? We had a bunch of audio clips in, so let's get into those. First one, a regular review from Down Under, Sammy Satine. Sammy. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, Praxius, it's a lot like Orphan 55. It's slightly better, but plastic being deadly in virus form, yeah, I can safely say I won't be watching this episode again. This was boring. Nice to see Warren Brown in Doctor Who on TV. Usually he plays Sam Bishop in Unit on Big Finish, which is awesome. He played Lee in this. Yeah, I give it five plastic viruses out of ten. See ya. Sammy. Oh, Sammy, not impressed. Not impressed at all, Sammy. And he was in Hollyoaks, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know, buddy. I, I recognise him. I don't watch Hollyoaks, but I know of I, him in Big Finish, but it's not yeah, Holly. No, I, I believe he was in Hollyoaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, maybe he insisted on that music. I'm only coming in. <laughs> Forget that <laughs> Hollyoaks music. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sammy. A five. Uh, moving on. This is Craig Bryce. Hi guys, hope you well. So, Praxius, what did I think? Well, it was always going to be hard after last week's story with the excitement and intrigue, but at least put some effort in. I found this story really, really boring. I actually found it quite hard to sit through. Um, it's a good job we had last week's story, because if we'd have had something like this every week so far in Series 12, this series would have been a real slog. There's some nice ideas in there, like the virus, but I think it would have been better if they turned into monsters instead, just to give it some excitement rather than it just them just puffing into a cloud of smoke um, some of the guest actors were wasted this week especially Warren Brown Warren Brown's a great actor he's brilliant in one of my favourite shows Luther but just wasted on a poor story 
The uh, companions this week annoyed me, especially as when she decides to disappear on her own. The Doctor would have would have put more put up more of a fight than that to stop her from doing it. Uh, again, Jodie this week was poor. All in all, just like Orphan 55, 5 out of 10. Cheers, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye. Oh. Mm. Oh. I, I do agree about the monster thing, you know, uh, and you said it as well. When Rather than exploding, which was horrific, but, yeah, I thought they were going to turn into sort of, you know, imagine them, they'd be really creepy as a monster. Yes. If they had, yeah. yeah. I'd have a bit of a trick mister. I could only think that Pete Matisse thought that was too obvious. That's Maybe. the only thing I could yeah. think of, because that would have, that would have added something to the story, I think, if you had those running around after you. Mm. Especially mm. if they had the white eyes, like... Yeah, I mean, they're I proper creepy. Very creepy, yeah. Mm. Uh, Craig, not too impressed with that. No. Yeah. But thank you for your thoughts, though, Craig, as always. Ian from France. Ah. Hi, Ian from France here. Episode six already. Oh, no. Let's dig right in. Jodie's performance was great. She's getting better, save for the odd silly line about a cat. Yaz is definitely going to die. I thought it was going to be this episode. Should be Ryan, because he can't act for Toffee, but it's going to be Yaz. The cool entrance of the villains in gas masks was spot on. They look really sinister. And it was yet another callback to late 70s, early 80s horror. My bloody Valentine this time round. Go check it out, guys. Great music again for me. I know there have been complaints, but I love the more downbeat style of this series compared to the overblown, in-your-face themes of the last few. A great supporting cast, all of them were dead strong, and Suki was smoking, until she blew up, of course. Shame. I like the fact that all of the TARDIS team got a bit of something to do, and I loved how excited the Doc looked when she considered Autons for a second. Really tickled my nostalgia gland. And just how many brains does she have? Another brilliantly contemporary concept, following Orphan 55, an alien bacteria that feasts on plastic, and all of that stuff about microfibers in each and every one of us absolutely true be afraid be very afraid but one and only downer was the terrible last line a totally unnecessary narration that just sounded a bit silly other than that keep them coming like this so far this season is metal as f i reckon 13 listens to slayer alors c'est sufi je parti à bientôt mes amis Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Ian quite liking this. He's loving yeah. it. I agree with him about the cat. I, I meant to say that. That that I do I get slightly annoyed when they give Jodie like silly lines like that, which keeps banging on about talking cats and stuff. It's like, it's not quirky, it's not funny to edit it out. <laughs> I liked the line about the cat. Oh no. I'll be honest with you, mate. I thought that was a nice little laugh. I had a little ah, chuckle about that. Talking cat on planet Oh, It's so, oh, it's the sort of thing I would write as a kid when I was writing Doctor Who scripts at 13. Oh, I'm talking to a cat on planet Venus. I know. Oh, I know it's corny no, I know and stuff, what you mean. But... It's just me being an old grizzled <laughs> job. Chuckle. Uh, interesting uh, mention as well, Ian, about the the narration, the last line that was narrated by the Doctor. I forgot to ask you about that. Like it or no? No likey or likey? What does she say? <laughs> something about she being something connected. Like, and, yeah. All of us uh, being connected and, yeah. Ugh, didn't really. I, as I said, by the time I got to end this episode, I, I was kind of just a bit shrugging of shoulders. Like, oh, okay, then. Yeah, I'm a bit, what's the word? I'm just either way on that. Didn't affect me at all. <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but that felt very Sarah Jane. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, dude. I'm, I'm probably, okay. yeah. I, I don't know. Just that the little line, a couple of lines, funny lines about the cat and that very last line that she narrated. I just thought were a nice little 
Like, uh, nice little touches. I quite liked it. Anyways, thank you very much, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Uh, Martin Arnold, let's do it. Oh. Fugitive of the Doom was a hell of a tough act to follow, and um, Praxius kind of didn't. I thought the atmosphere was was nice and creepy. Um, I thought the uh, the way that the pacing was was done was again as as with every episode this season has been superb. Uh, the three uh, the three members of the fam and, and the Doctor all all gallivanting across the world could have been a, a complete mess, and it wasn't. So that was that was good. Um, it's just the, the payoff was kind of dull. I don't mind the theme. I just thought, you know, okay, given this globe-trotting mystery and the red alert that, you know, kicked it all off at the end of last episode, we're going to get something. And we didn't, really. It was okay. Um, I didn't like the policeman. He was terrible. I'd give it 7 out of 10. Um, I wouldn't really watch this one again in a hurry. But I wouldn't say it was terrible. Cheers. Didn't like the policeman. (laughs) Didn't like he the was, policeman. Yeah. He was in Hollyoaks Day, you know. I've got to stop banging on about Hollyoaks. <laughs> yeah, Martin, not overly thrilled. No, not over. He's not but loving slapped it. Slapped a seven on it. Mm. Yeah. Which is not a bad score. No, average. Could, it's just average, isn't it? Yeah, I could sense Martin's tone as well. He's just like, come on, I want to see more good stuff. Yeah. You, could te- you could sense his tone. Give me the good stuff, Give he's saying. Good stuff, yeah. Thank you very much, Martin. Much appreciated. And then lastly, this is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary and Adam of the Big Blue Box Podcast. How are you guys doing? Episode six for the series, Praxius, uh, written by Pete Mateague and Chris Chibnall. And I thought when the Chris Chibnall credit was put on this episode, there'd be more series, uh, 12 storyline stuff. We didn't get that, though. We just got a, a really solid episode of Doctor Who, kind of akin to Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. Um, it's not as good as Nikola Tesla for me, um, but it's much better than the absolute pile of oh that was all 55 <laughs> and i've already seen that people online have been calling it political again but for me this is a political message in a doctor who story about the plastics and how we badly use plastics and put it into the story i liked how they were used with the birds and stuff i thought it was really well done i cared about all the side characters although i don't remember all their names but there were so many of them and my main props to the story is that it split up the doctor ryan yaz and graham I thought it was really good. They only really came together in the last 10 minutes or so. So I love that. And also the virus looked really cool as well. So I can't really say there's much I didn't like, but it didn't blow me away. So I'll give it a six and a half, borderlanding a seven. I'm doing an Adam. I can't decide what I'm going to do. Oh, seven. Why not? See you guys next week. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what Alex is going to say when he said a big steaming pile. <laughs> Oh dear! I mean, I know he's grown up these days, but you know, it's no need for language like that. <laughs> yeah, Alex. Yeah, yeah he's been with us since the beginning. I think he's the ancient one. Yeah, yeah. the old grizzled ancient. Yeah, he said he liked only like eighteen, did he? If that, uh, I don't know. How old are you, Alex? I don't know how old you are. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, Alex. So yeah, undecisive like Adam. I yeah. Rachel. absolutely that was our audio reviewers for this week thank you so much guys for taking the time to do that (laughs) much appreciated let's have a look at the socials and see what people were saying over there over on twitter bernard jkd said uh, i like it but the three places set up is illogical which may be chibnall's who epitaph uh where do yaz's keys come from uh Remember she had the skeleton key to let herself in when they were in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the doctor probably just gave him to her, I expect. Yeah, yeah, along with Adam's mobile. 
Uh, <laughs> if the Doctor has managed to find the different locations, she has already worked out the story, question mark. Why split up, question mark. Why mm. leave Ryan in Peru, question mark. Uh, so wants to be um, an NA but can't. I mean, initially I gave it an 8 out of 10 as it was fresh, cinematic and scary, but why doesn't Lang simply text the space agency instead of his Moni X? Ultimately, the three locations don't work as it muddies the storyline, but makes uh, the sequence of events mangled and illogical. <laughs> Bernard, <laughs> doing the maths. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what do you give it? An uh, 8 out of 10. So that's a pretty good score. Uh, no, still a score. good score, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Davros says, pure filler for me and a bland box-ticking moralistic exercise. Not terrible, but really run-of-the-mill. 5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Andrew Griffiths, really enjoyed it. A great follow-up to last week's. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Sam, after last week's Game Changer, this one falls flat in comparison. Praxia's had some cool setup at the start with different locations. I enjoyed seeing Hong Kong in particular. However, the conclusion to the mystery felt underwhelming uh, and forgettable. Five out of ten. Uh, mm. Joe Bowers, an average episode. I liked all of the cast characters, but felt there was too many of them, and I felt Yaz was the only companion to be developed. Uh, also, the threat didn't feel big enough to warrant the global scale. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Mm. Uh, the Men of Who. Uh, for the first 20 minutes... Uh, I thought I was loving the episode. The mystery had me hooked. I liked all the new characters and the locations were awesome. Then we started getting the plastic messaging and the whole thing tailed off into average filler. Uh, A shame. Six out of 10. Jordan Shortman, one of our reviewers slash writers slash awesome people. Uh, A filler episode for me, but not bad. I've never been a fan of real life sciencey stuff. So the middle bores me and there was too much running around in the beginning. Uh, The design of the virus looked brilliant though as did the aliens, though I wish it had been the Sea Devils. Yeah. Craig Matteo, enjoyed it. Compared to the message here, Dwarven 55 was done very well. 7 out of 10. Time Lord, 0902. Plastic is bad. 3 out of 10. (laughs) Uh, Clive Gemma says, I think that Praxis was a very good story. Unfortunately, a very hard act to follow from last week. I do, however, think the series is becoming very ecologically preachy. Uh, Brilliant points, but not what I want in my Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Reese Gallifrey, uh, Gallifrey Forever 97 says amazing setup of intrigue and scale at the beginning I was hooked throughout with really standout side characters felt underwhelmed by the ending as I thought they may have been more to it than just the infection pretty good episode overall mm. uh, Reese Riftflix 028 overall a really good story stunning visuals to go alongside it at 8 out of 10 the American Time Lord the episode didn't hold me I didn't watch it all the way through plus what about the cliffhanger from last week uh, mm. disjointed season so far but not giving up uh, zombie who 97 i enjoyed the first 15 minutes i thought the design of the infection was cool uh, and could have played out in a more horror way four out of ten yeah uh, dw sebling interesting concept but a bit filler six out of ten bobby marco uh, felt very davison era for better or worse mm. interesting uh who else was on here edward Giluli. Uh, another solid, entertaining, entertaining, good-looking eco-themed season 12 episode. Jodie was good despite a return to some of the long explanations. Mm. 7 out of 10. Doctor Who news and rumours. Uh, better than Orphan 55, but would have benefited greatly from a good reveal. Uh, like the Sea Devils or the Autons or something along those lines. Uh, should have had a classic villain and been a two-parter. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Spencer Shively. Really liked it. Some great characters, companions, add all the good stuff to... Really interesting concept with a not-so-preachy preachy message 
much more engaging than Orphan 55 with all the mystery. Uh, ending was a bit cheesy. Uh, uh, 7.5 angry flocks out of 10. <laughs> uh, Jessica. Jessica, awesome Jess. Uh, it was a really good episode. There was some real tension and a lot of great action at 8 out of 10. Mm. Uh, and then lastly, we had Brian Chapman. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Brian Chapman, Praxius was a good story. Uh, a pretty good episode as long as uh, I enjoy the action and scenery and don't think too hard about what went on. Uh, seven poor forgotten amorous out of ten. <laughs> and lastly, yeah. Sarah Baggett, the running Hoovian. Always running. Always running. Uh, it was okay. It started well, but it didn't keep me hooked, and I didn't appreciate the lecture or the way it was delivered. For me, Doctor Who should be an hour of escapism and imagination. Such messages, if included, should be subtle. Uh, she gave it a 5.5. 5. Thanks, Sarah. And over on Facebook, Daniel Hickey. Uh, said, this was okay. I'm all for real world issues coming up, but I don't need them rammed down my throat. Villain predictable ups. Uh, companions had a lot to do and time to shine. Locations look great. Five out of 10. Mm. Miles McKenzie. I recognize there are flaws in the plot, the editing and some character decisions, but I just don't care. These issues never made me step out of the story while I was watching it. My mind was glossed over uh, with them the way it was all good but ridiculous fantasy goes on to give it an 8.5 mm-hmm. Kevin Mullen really enjoyed it. Some good tension and nice to see the TARDIS crew off doing things separate from the doctor, uh, seven dead birds out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> Colin Carey. Here we go again, trying to be PC. It's okay. One or two episodes, but they are getting to do it a lot lately. A three out of 10 Chloe Anderson. <laughs> it was all right. However, not <laughs> love that Colin. Here we go again. Uh, chloe anderson it was all right however not a patch on last week the teeth like infection look pretty good uh in a disturbing way it's isn't one i'm going to go back to anytime soon seeing as me and my brother were just taking the mick referring to the gas mask people as dr constantine throughout oh yeah six out of ten matthew taylor i enjoyed the episode again this week great tension and humor used really well throughout loving the series jeff waddle Started off brilliantly and creepily, a complete mystery as to what was going on, but the resolution of a plastic parasite was a bit of a letdown. Looked great, some proper jump scares, Jodie getting to do a bit of science stuff. I think any episode would suffer after last week's Barnstormer, 7 out of 10. Yeah. Zach Jenkin, very weak. The villain Mm. in plain sight, plot device is getting stale and some of the supporting cast performances made me cringe. Worst of the series so far, 4 out of 10. Charlie Turner. Meh, very meh, and the weakest of the series so far. That's all I can think to say. Five out of ten. And lastly, Carl Evan Elwell says, "When did the Doctor stop caring for her companions? Letting Zaz, yeah, let, letting Zaz, wrong show. Letting Yaz go off on her own with nothing to defend herself and got into trouble. How did she? Uh, and how did the sabbatical Di end up in Hong Kong so quickly? Badly edited, stale, and boring. A four out of ten. Mm. he did get his ass over there quick in the same he... clothes as well <laughs> yeah that's a good point i didn't even notice that. yeah that was a quick turnaround god i tell you what when you start sort of noticing these things yeah. it all falls apart doesn't it yeah you've just got to go with it sometimes and poor just... old what's his name getting killed on the beach i mean oh does no one care the heart's gone from Doctor. <laughs> I mean, she chases all over the blimmin' planet to get old Benny back, and he's 100 years old anyway. But old <laughs> Alamo, or whatever he's called, Alan, what was he called? The guy on the beach? Uh, Zach, I think. 
No, the guy, the uh, the other guy, the guy they're like, yeah, just stay and watch the birds. Oh, even him, you've yeah. forgotten him. Oh, I've forgotten his name. Yeah, him. Yeah. We even, knew he was a goner. Come on. I know, but they don't care about him, do they? <laughs> Off Do- you go. New hashtag: Doctor Who doesn't care. <laughs> no. Oh dear. So thank you, <laughs> thank you so much to all of you for sending in your thoughts and reviews. We love hearing what you guys think about yes. uh, the the review story that we're doing uh, next week, buddy. We've got a title next week. We didn't mm. have titles a few days ago. We've got them now. What are we doing next week? Yeah, so next week... Next week's episode is called... <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's Can you about? hear me? What's that about them? Uh, I don't know. Are the sea devils in it? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Actually, the trailer did look good. Joking yes. aside, the yeah, trailer looked proper creepy, didn't it? With that big hands coming around with the long yes. fingers and yeah I, I hope but yeah looks promising i tell you what dude i'm really looking forward to the next two weeks because this one looks like a real good creepy one next week and then the week after is called the haunting of villa diodiatardi diodati mm-hmm. uh which i know about that place because i touched on it in school oh really yes it's okay. the place where lord byron invited loads of like influential and cool people to spend the night inviting them to write ghost stories and that's where mary shelley came up with the story of the frankenstein's monster ah all right that sounds interesting yeah so the next two weeks sound really really cool but anyway next week can you hear me we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews on that so uh, keep an eye on the socials and so on ah let's wrap there buddy for Mm. episode 254 indeed Thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to episode 254 it's been great to have you on board as always uh, thank you to all of our new listeners and long-time listeners we love you guys and sending in your thoughts and reviews on our review episode next week as adam said can you hear me sounds interesting usually on a monday we put out a social request asking for all of your thoughts so uh, keep an eye out for that we'd love to hear what you think as always in the meantime head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our shows on there plus you can check out all of the cool reviews and articles from our writing team who are putting out awesome stuff every week so go and check that out subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on just do a search for the big blue box podcast or there are buttons on the website to go off and do that uh, give us a sub so you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday. And if you've got a minute for a review and a rating, that would be awesome because that helps us out loads with discoverability and all that jazz. We're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Again, links to those stuff, those things on the website or just do a search for us. You'll find us on there. We chat Doctor Who every week. Also, check out my co-host YouTube channel, The Geeks Handbag. Yes, Indeed. Just dropped a sweet new video covering the new Doctor Who pin badges that were just released from Hero Collector and also the t-shirts. All look very, very good. Plus, there's a ton of other videos on there on Adam's channel. Just grab a cup of tea, put an hour aside and go and check them all out. Very, very cool stuff. Adam is also on the socials under the same name, The Geeks Handbag, Insta, Twitter and Facebook. 
Indeed I am. Give them an ad over there. Uh, we've got a really good community of fans on the socials, actually. We all chat Doctor Who every week, plus other podcasters and stuff. We all have a chat and stuff, so it's really cool. And if you're listening to this and you've not yet sent in a review for one of our episodes that week, do that this week. Just think, no, do you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to open mm-hmm. up Twitter or Facebook and I'm going to send in a review. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week for episode 255, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Hey, Hey. 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 Hey.